0: Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: All of the front pages of the newspapers are dominated with the death of Detective Column Hawken, who ran for his life, actually, um, as his shooter chased after him. It's the front page in all of the papers, front pages of the tabloids, uh, red tops, and indeed the broadsheets, like the mail this morning says, shot fifth time. Now, you might f- find some of these... Stories regarding the death of Detective Colm Harkin disturbing. He was shot fifteen or fifteen times. The gun was fired as he ran for his life. Um, uh, in fact, his shooter chased after him, firing indiscriminately. There's only fifteen bullets in the gun, and all fifteen were fired. He finally gunned him down. The mail says bullets rained on the detective from his own gun as he fled his assailant. The assailant caught up with him, um, and Garda Harkin fell to the ground, dying. Um, He had been hit, and then the 40-odd-year-old local man, known to Gardy, stood over him and fired the fatal shot that killed him. Now, that suspect is a fellow called Stephen Silver, and his photograph makes many of the red tops today. Uh, He's from Castlereagh, recently returned from the UK. Gardy said he had minor convictions, including road traffic order offences, public order offences... He was involved in half, a, the this morning, the mirror says he was involved in half a dozen mental health incidents. Um, Garda, Detective Hawkin was the 89th member of the force to die in the line of duty. And they say of the suspect in the sun this morning, Stephen Silver, in his forties, that he threatened a cop with a samurai sword a number of years ago. And locals in the area reported that he was ranting and raving in the town. On Wednesday, uh, he's come to the Guardian attention before for public order offences and what they call in the sun this morning, erratic behaviour. So it's absolutely tragic. Fifteen bullets in the gun, fifteen of them were discharged. Some papers say that four hit uh, the body of the detective. Other papers are saying six bullets hit the body of the detective and the final one was fatal as the um, assailant allegedly stood over uh, the dying Gardaí detective. It's absolutely awful. There's a book of condolence now opened at Garda stations all over the country. And the Echo says, yes, that Cork also won't be found wanting in that regard. The tricolour fluid half-mast over Garda stations yesterday and continued to do so. Uh, a man being questioned, of course, as we know. Some say he's 43, 44. Other papers, it's early days now because other papers are saying, like the Echo say that uh, he's a 49-year-old Mayo native. Um, sorry, my apologies to the Echo, my sincerest apologies. Um, I should say that uh, Detective Garda Colm Horkin, um was 49 years old and he was from Charlestown, uh, County Mayo. So books of condolences at Garda Station, should you wish to sign them. I would imagine at some stage there could well be one at City Hall. I don't know of that just yet. But the tabloids also talked this morning of another tragedy, and this is a father and son. I mean, it's awful. They drowned. They we're having a family day out on Keel. Um, In County Donegal, there had been fishing, apparently, and uh, apparently one fell into the water, the second went to the assistance of the first, father and son, and both of them drowned. It's just terrible to be reporting these kind of stories um, at any time of the year, but, you know, when an awful lot of people are in lockdown or have lost loved ones or unwell, you know, it's an awful time. Meanwhile, there are other stories making the papers today. Uh, One is quite interesting because you wonder whether they really should just close all of these down, uh, all of the direct provision centres, let those that are here stay and just call it a day. It's costing 168 million a year now to run direct provision centres and it was Look into the papers this morning who break it down. That's a, that's a cost because of direct provision, which is given to private enterprises, incidentally, is costing 460,000 euro per day. I mean, think about uh, how well that money could be spent dealing with people who need it most, you know, particularly those with children with special needs, the elderly who need more care hours and stuff like that, you know, 460 grand a day just to keep people, uh, you know, waiting and waiting. Uh, upon their fate. And then the news story there from the nine o'clock news involves a lovely story. Mary O'Sullivan, I believe she's a, a Douglas lady. She was 79 days on a ventilator and uh, emotional scenes at the bonds yesterday. She had COVID-19 in intensive care and ICU for all that long. Then moved to a general ward. She was admitted on the eleventh of March. She suffered a heart attack, tested positive for COVID nineteen, and she spent longer than anyone in Ireland or the UK on life support. And moved out of intensive care and into a general ward. And great news for her and the family. We're thinking of them. Lots of stories in the courts this morning, which I will come back to in a few minutes' time. I mean, you couldn't make the stuff up that's going on in our courts at the moment. But if Dublin bus have Dublin bus, if Dublin have Dublin bus, then we should have. Cork bus. And according to the Fine Gael Senator Tim Lombard. We're talking about getting serious about our travel problems on the east side. We should have our, our own company, our own organization that deals with it down here with its own budgets. Makes sense to me. Um, if you thought that you were going to be able to go on holiday, you can go on holidays, but you won't be able to get back into the country without going into quarantine for two weeks. And that's been extended now until July 9th. Uh, shock as hol- holiday pain for travel um, starved Irish people lengthens. We kind of knew that, really. There's not a whole lot new in that. But what there is news on is hair salons who will open at the same time as pubs that conserve food. Because of COVID-19, of course, hair salons and beauty salons and all sorts of stuff like that were closed. But the roadmap now will allow them to open on June 29th. So more on that. My interview with Benny McCabe makes the echoes today. He says he's not going to be opening his 15 pubs because he doesn't want to turn it into the drink- drinking Olympics I also spoke on air yesterday with um, uh, Liam Barry from Goldbergs. They're going to keep their powder dry as well. And that's a story with photographs of Benny in the Echo today. They rolled out the red carpet at different primary schools in Leaside yesterday. And I love this. One was at Greenmount National School where the sixth class students got a farewell with the difference. It's a super story. They rolled out the red carpet and one by one then the students walked out with gifts uh, and a round of applause from their teachers, which is lovely. And meanwhile, over in Toker Boys National School, they had a drive-in ceremony, like a drive-by special. Lovely photographs of parents with their children, and the Echo today, in their car. My conversation with Joan Lucy from Vibes and Scribes, who um, uh, asked customers as they entered the shop to wear masks, and then there was this Facebook uh, petition started to boycott the shop. Stupid people. Stupid people. That's a story that makes the papers also today. And if you feel, you know, you know if you hurt yourself, right? Or if you burn yourself or anything like that and you get a sharp pain. The best way to deal with the pain and to mitigate the pain is to swear and to curse. Apparently, when you swear or curse, if you jab your finger or if you, if you burn it off, the, the you know, like a frying pan or something like that or get a bit of a scalding, the best thing to do is to scream out Curse words because apparently it it um, it increases your pain tolerance. So you can use that as an excuse now next time it happens. And one or two other things that have been happening during lockdown, apparently according to the Red Tops, is more and more people got engaged. Engage in haste? Repent at leisure. <laughs> but the sale of engagement rings through the roof. And if you thought Twitter was more, it was annoying, it's going to get even more annoying now because apparently people will be able to send each other little voice notes on Twitter. You know, apparently people have lost the ability to actually communicate words out of their mouth. So Twitter want to uh, change that and you can send little voice. Think like you can already do on WhatsApp and Instagram and stuff like that. And One sporting story makes the papers today. We have the Fields of Athen Rye as our anthem. In the UK, Mark will be interested in this, in the UK they have Swing Low Sweet Chariot. You hear the English rugby fans singing that at all England rugby games. They need to get rid of that now. We need to get rid of that because it's a slavery-related song. The anthem is a 19th century African-American slave song and apparently, according to the English Times this morning, it has to go. (laughs) Swing low, sweet chariot. Not so sure what they'll come up with after that. Maybe a Spice Girl song, I don't know. The Neil Prenderville Show.
2: With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers.
1: Thanks so eight six eight one oh four one oh six. Pick up the phone on one eight fifty-one oh four one oh six. We have a lot of texts, particularly regarding topics of conversation from yesterday's program, including the shooting of yet another Irish member of Angardish O'Connor. So more on all that. But uh, as it's Friday, I'd said I'd start with a bit of good news because there is good news. While pubs who serve food get the green light from Monday week, so do hair salons. salons. Mind you, Grania has a bit of a bee in her bonnet. She says, I think these hairdressers are just hilarious. As someone who works in the beauty industry, I am friends with a lot of them. And last week, on hearing news that they were set to reopen on the 29th, you heard that last week? How in the name of God did you hear that? I mean, of have a crystal ball. Anyway, when I heard that they were reopening on the 29th, I sent a few of them some messages to say, isn't it great news? I'm delighted for ye. Talk about backfiring. The replies were less than jovial. One of the girls replied to me saying, please stop. Everyone needs to stop posting every single morning about opening dates. We're sick of it. Another one said to me, this is becoming so stressful and ridiculous. I can't believe you of all people would text like this. You should know better. Right you be, ladies, and you were the ones in the qu- on the quiet doing foxers. But when there's news of the green light for a reopening, you bite the head off me and customers who want to pay. Neil, will actually believe they are A- Either don't want to go back to work, like the rest of us, or B, we're making more money on the black market. Love the show, says gronya Well, regardless of what interpretation Gráinne puts on things, hair salons uh, reopen on Monday week, bright and early. wonder how they feel about it. Uh, what well, seems like an eternity ago, I spoke to Fergal from Origins Hair Design uh, and Hairdressing on Drawbridge Street. He joins me by phone this morning. Uh, good morning, Fergal. Hi Neil, how are you? Good morning to you. How are you feeling? It's
3: about three, uh, we- it's about three weeks early. Are you ready? Uh, we're, we are ready. I mean, we've been planning for it. I mean, we still have a lot to do, but we, are, we were aiming for We had got news a good couple of weeks ago that it was the 29th. And like what you just said a while ago, we, I got a link, even myself, uh, yeah, uh, I think it was last Friday or Saturday morning from one of the big papers saying we were definitely opening and then about a couple, two hours later, and of course, I shared the link as well, because it was definitely from one of the well-known papers that wouldn't be kind of doing these shock headlines. Yeah. And I was one of those people as well that did share the link to many people uh, with the excitement. And then, then about two hours later, they actually changed the headline just saying it was under review. So even today, when you're asking me, we are super excited to get going, but we're still waiting on full, you know, on the actual confirmation from the government itself.
1: OK, well, let's assume that it will happen. Uh, yeah. What What are the bookings like?
3: Oh my God, we're so lucky for starters. Really, really lucky and super grateful. I mean, we have hundreds upon hundreds of requests, basically, emails to get through. I mean, there's probably going to be a week trying to organise um, even the logistics, how we're going to work the appointments. I mean, we have protocols in place, how we're going to manage them. We are limited in terms, we are much more restricted than we were in the past. Uh, I suppose for us personally in our salon, we're very lucky. We have got, we've got a second floor that we can operate on. So, we're going to be opening that as well.
1: Um, so, what, what, what would your capacity have been, say? When's the busiest day? Is it a Friday? A Friday and a Saturday, yeah. Okay, we're, so we're, we're on a happy. Friday, what would you typically have done?
3: Um, I, mean, geez, you, you, I mean, at a particular time, if the salon is full, we could have
1: 25 clients. In and the what will what it be now, the, the first Friday back?
3: Well, we are going to follow it uh, right now. We have to follow the, the, the two meter rule. So, um, will, will be halved. I halved, imagine. okay. Yeah, okay. Halved or slightly above. It depends. Like it depends on your space. And like uh, we are lucky that we have a big shop. I mean, there is other shops that may not have that. So they're going to work within that. And so I'm, I'm assuming, assuming then,
1: regardless, that. it's 50 percent less for everybody. And will you have perspex screen? Just talk through the protocol then, with regards to health and safety.
3: Yeah, we do have a checklist for, for staff. When they come in for starters, there is a checklist that we have made out that we would have to run through, Um and equally be the same for clients. Um I mean, upon entering, they have to have an appointment initially. Uh, upon entering, there'll be a sanitization area. Um they'll be given a bag to put their, 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 their coats and, 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 and accessories the that they may have. They'll be brought to their seats. Um, and, yeah, I mean, look, we're still going to try and create, a, a, you know, a journey and, like, an experience. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be a little bit different, definitely, you know, it, um, obviously with the restrictions. But, um,
1: See, what I'm not um, hearing anything about, this is not a criticism of anybody, but what I'm not hearing from any hair salons, and I'm not hearing it from pubs or restaurants, nobody's doing any temperature checks. And there are systems available now that you can rent or buy to take somebody's temperature as they enter your door. and And that temperature then... Should. Actually, we, yeah.
3: Or do you? We do have that facility. We, we do. It, we are going to have the facility, but again, we have to wait on that given guideline. I mean, we have guidelines, but that's not, a, that's not 100% guaranteed that we have to do that just yet. We will be doing it with our staff as well, and that's a given. And we'll be doing that on a daily basis. What we have you got? One
1: of, those, uh, one of those tablets on a stand that people stand in front of?
3: No, we want something like, like as advanced as that, but we have, we have what, what's accepted or what, what we're told is allowed. Um, okay, good man yourself. So, um, so can I just make can I just make one point on that though? At the same time, when you're going to supermarket, you're not getting a temperature check either. You know, um, mm. we'll do it. We we'll, we have no problem in doing it again. We like we and and there's two hairdressing federations have worked very hard behind the scenes and and coming up with a plan and and whatever is needed. Guidelines to uh, to get opening, and we will do whatever needed. That's not the issue at all. Okay.
1: How, how I mean,
3: are are staff we're 15, weeks, fifteen weeks closed by the time we open? So we're just really excited to get back. Are staff excited
1: to get back? Grania here by email says that um, that they're quite stressed with the bookings and texting and facebooking and yeah, I, 20- I
3: think it's the, I think it's the uncertainty. I think they just want to get going. It's be, I mean, if you, you can imagine, if you're being told you're going to be starting, and then a week, and you're, you put plans in place, and then two days later you're told you're not. You know, it's 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 the uncertainty. And I suppose we're also a bit nervous going into it. We, uh, like we haven't been in, in our workplace for 15 weeks, it's going to be slightly different. But we all, we're all excited about it. And I think we're, what we're excited about is to be a week into it and everything will be a bit more normal.
1: I yeah, think. yeah. And will, will stylists have visors or
3: gloves or gowns or what? Um, they will have PPD to it and they will wearing masks. If needed. It, it's not necessarily a requirement at the moment to wear both, like a visor and a mask, but they will have some equipment like that and the client. That's one thing the clients will have to wear is a mask. That's very essential. Yeah, and we will be signed. Them. We will be. They will be happy to wear the mask that we have for them.
1: Okay, okay. So we'll be, we will be supplying them. And then you have to try and fix all the DIY jobs from the last three months, don't you?
3: Yeah, but you know what? We're used to being challenged, so that's, that won't be a problem to us. <laughs> uh, we'll do whatever we're, we're given, and we we'll, look. We're welcoming back our staff. We're, you know, we get so many emails, so many messages, and it's you know, we just want to get going. Um, will, you, will you open
1: longer then? Does that mean that hair salon's... Yeah, we, are, will... we
3: are the plan at the moment, and I know it is for a lot of salons, they're going to be working seven days a week, and whether it's between shift work, depending on the size of the salon, they're going to be working 12 hours a day. I mean, yeah. our plan initially is to work seven hours, seven days a week, and we'll just you know we'll
1: cut back on that as, as time goes so on. So are you we'll saying that more. origins will be seven days, 12-hour days of each of them, like nine to nine? Wow.
3: Um... We're we're, we're working out a road here. We will be open seven days a week. We haven't worked out completely, Jesse. I mean, our staff, if they're working seven days initially, they won't be working 12 hours. They may be working nine hours.
1: Uh, I, do, I don't words. think I'll ever get my hair cut again, you know that? I'm, I'm quite okay with it going a bit kind of wild. You
3: know there's a few people going natural or whatever. I, I like that. I've met a few people at the start that said they were going to do that and now, now they're messaging and say no, they're not, do you know. Um, I have to tell you a very funny story though. Uh, a lady had texted me a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago and she said she thought she was dreaming. The last time I was on the radio to you, she obviously must have it on at night time for the playback. And she said she woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and she thought, because this woman is on to me every week about getting her hair done. how we open it, we open it. <laughs> but she said she thought it was a dream when she heard me on the radio anyway. So I thought that was quite funny.
1: <laughs> what, isn't, what isn't funny, though, is an email I received uh, there recently about €60 euro to cut a child's hair. Is that opportunistic? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that is. I Here, mean here's that. the email if you want to hear. I tried to make an appointment today for my seven-year-old daughter to get a haircut when the salon's open. Unfortunately, the salon won't be doing children's rates. They'd love to cut my seven-year-old's hair for 60 euro. My daughter hasn't been allowed to go to school, play with friends, hug her grandparents... Her hair is her thing. I'm honestly disgusted this salon is so greedy that they would charge a child a lady's rate. It's pure greed. My children have been through and scared by the pandemic. 60 euro to cut a seven year old's hair. I I was saying when I read that out the other day, and thank you for it, Jane, was that it's all about the it's all about the chair, isn't it? Like, you you know, it's the chairs now are at a premium, I guess, aren't they?
3: They are. I mean, to be fair, they are. I suppose that is the reality of it. I mean, we've been out of business 15 weeks from the open. I mean, you know, we have to make it some bit viable. I mean, we have a lot of restrictions, you know, appointments. are. are, You know, we are constrained a lot. So, I mean, we have to make it some bit viable as well, you know, to get back. We're down. I mean, all businesses, I'm sure even apart from hairdressers, will be down 50%. You know, and we have, you know, we will be very busy when we go back and busy for a couple of months, but like equally we're going to be challenged for the next year as well, you know? So I, 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 I you know, I, I look, I'm sure that will just settle down as well in terms of, you know, I think initially as well, when they were talking about going back to work as hairdressers, you know, uh, initially they they were saying about children were carriers of of this situation and now that's all changed. So I think a lot of that, at the time they were saying children weren't, you know...
1: That keeps changing all of the time. This morning now they're going on about pets again and dogs and cats. I can't keep with them. But, but anyway, you, it's hard to stand over €60 Euro for a 7-year-old. But as I say, yeah, w- what can you do? Something we've, been, something we've been doing. Look,
3: the, the ironic thing is that we've been getting offered lots of money on the side to do here. And, uh, you know, while we were closed, you know, people said saying they'd give anything. But look, we, we weren't doing that. We, look, we closed, we made a decision and we
1: stuck in. <laughs> well, you didn't, but some did. And that's what Gráinne is saying, that we're making more money on the black market that some don't want to ever go back at all.
3: Yeah, look, that's another topic that has to be dealt with. I mean, it does, it is about licensing the hairdressers. I mean, it's not fair. I mean, we're, we're trying to we're trying to do and follow the rules as best as we can, and you know, and others aren't. I mean, equally, it's also the hairdressing suppliers were open while the hairdressers were closed, which may not have made sense either. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, that's
1: that's that's true. Were they open for the equally public, equally or, or way, they like, were they open? Like, business was, business was it a case that hairstylists well, were going in to buy product, and if so, why so? Yeah, I mean, you know, the,
3: like at the end of the day, we're, you know, if we're, we're meant to be following the rules. That's what they're there for. All right, kid. So, all right. You know, and that's what a lot of hair okay, are. You,
1: are you taking bookings now, or are you booked out?
3: Uh, oh, no, we will be taking. We're welcoming guests, of course. Uh, it's just to get it organized. So, okay. I mean, uh, no, we're always welcoming guests. We have a big staff and we've a big, you know, big shop to fill as well. So, uh, and we're just looking forward and best luck to all the hairdressers. So it's a uh, it'll be exciting times ahead. We'll see
1: nice new hair again. All right, delighted to catch up. Well done, delighted right, for I'm you. Happy That's happy Fergal happy. at Origin. Summer weddings and the reopening of hairdressers are to get the go-ahead by the end of the month for 29th of June, as it says in the Independent today. Good news as well as we know for hotels and B and B's. You'll be able to take holidays in Ireland from the 29th of June. So get booking, lads. We kind of knew that already. Kieran O'Sullivan has Kiwi cuts in Friars Walk. Kieran, good morning. Hang on a second, let me get my lines right. Kieran, it says you you can't wait to get back. How long has it been? Three months?
4: Uh yeah, Neil, it's um it's been it was I closed actually the nineteenth of March and yeah. uh yeah. it's been uh it's been a bit of a crazy a crazy time being because 'cause I'm only I only opened my business there in December twenty eighteen, so I was only literally a year and a bit into it and it's uh it's my first time going out as, as a sole trader and uh <coughs> excuse me. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a whirlwind, and uh, a lot of things that I didn't expect to happen. Enjoy you don't plan these kind of things, but it's uh, it's I'm uh, really looking forward to actually getting back and meeting all my clients and stuff like that. And
1: when you were away, yeah. did you all get COVID payments to keep you tied over? Yeah,
4: we did. We did. Good. Thankfully, Joe, I signed I signed up on the first week of it, and I've been paid from from the start, which is great, and it's been a very helping hand because obviously rent is only being deferred, um, bills. Still have to be paid and all that as well when we get back. So it's uh, it's gonna be a busy time. But even Joe with seven days a week is like what Virgil was saying as well, which You're is um. You're going to go
1: twelve hour is, days, seven days a week as well.
4: Uh, not twelve hours. I will be. I will be extending. So like, I'm. I change my hours from Monday to Wednesday. So I open Mondays as well. So I'm, I'm usually Monday to Friday. So I'm Monday to Wednesday, nine thirty to six thirty. Thursdays, 11 to 8, and Fridays, 9.30 to 4.30, but I'll be opening Saturdays and Sundays as well. What the
1: hell is it with the early close on Friday? Get your act together, kid. Uh,
4: do, you know, do you know what it was? It was because I, I started with... Uh, when I worked in the hairdressers, we always had the one late night, and um, I just I actually only work on appointments only, which has been... Uh, I actually found, due to, like, a lot of hairdressers and barbers weren't open on Mondays, and uh, myself, like, I'm only 22 years of age, so there was... a. Uh, it was kind of a big helping hand because, like, Monday night is always a big night for, uh, in the city for people my own age as well.
1: Is Monday night the hairdresser's night out, it is?
4: Uh, no, not for myself, but, like, doing Monday club for, for students and stuff like that for my own age was always a big night out. So yeah. I, I felt that when I actually opened on the Monday, there was actually good, a good gap in the market to actually <laughs> hit. And um, thank you, it's actually been one of my busiest days as well to book out uh, fast.
1: And are you all prepared then for, uh, you know, um, changing I, 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 the interior?
4: I, 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 as best as I can, I'm lucky enough that I've only two sections within the salon, and um, within the salon, like so, I've only myself and one other guy inside there. So, and the space is pretty. I'm pretty spaced out where I am as well. So it's literally I've the um, I've the visor gone, my hand sanitizers, um, I've gloves, and oh uh, mask. So yeah, you're kind
1: of really as good. you were then with regards to size. It really. Actually, really...
4: I'm actually I'm very lucky because there's actually nearly two meters apart. It's like you're kind of a studio effect. Of a, of a salon. It's it in on top of everyone, so I'm very lucky that I don't have to lose. Space. Well,
1: good luck with it. Can I just ask you before I let you go, did you get many calls or texts from people over the last few months looking for... Uh I, I did,
4: I did, I did, I did. There was a lot of people asking uh, a few mad questions, right, Joe, trying to get you in and offering uh, mad money, but it it's just not worth what it.
1: What kind of discuss. money were they offering?
4: <sighs> I won't disclose what the offer was, but there was... There was a bit of a few crazy amounts, and just I just happened them to be respectful towards the industry, as like Fergus was speaking there, or even Salon Shop there, that they they were allowed to open three weeks pre- prior, and I was actually only just in there myself, and it's it's um, just it's great, I suppose, that we can finally get back and get running and get up and going, because I like to keep the the offer those just uh,
1: disclose if that's alright. That's okay, my friend. I'm just thinking that others did accept it. God knows I heard often through yeah. the last few months of those that were obviously being paid double and treble. I don't know how much but significant yeah, amounts was, of money. Was a lot.
4: But you know what? It, it, it's kind of a time maybe for that, Joe, um, for the time that you're actually putting in. Maybe, Joe, it's a, it's the view that barbers and hairdressers will be respected a lot more, which I'm looking forward to. Cause I'm, I've seen there with the Irish Barber as the Society that was set up during this time. They're actually holding a Zoom meeting this Sunday for all barbers and, um, around Ireland to, to help with this COVID time and to actually talk about pricing, talk about the me- new measures and guidelines that need to be taken. And then, but a lot of respect goes out to the Irish Hairdressers Federation. Okay. Um,
1: and respect uh, to yeah, those as well who stayed closed and didn't do foxers or work on the black market. A shame on those okay. that did. Well done, Kieran. Good luck for Monday week. Cheers. Thank, Cheers, thank, my you friend. Today. thank you. Take care. Kiwi cuts and friars, and friars walk. Um, uh, again, let me just bring you up to date as to the latest figures. I'm criticized for not giving them out often enough. A further four deaths from the virus were reported yesterday, bringing the toll now to 1,714. And we had 16 people diagnosed with the virus. Uh, And at this stage in Ireland, we have 23 patients remaining in intensive care. One admission in the previous 24 hours. But I'm open to correction on this. I don't believe that any of them are in Cork. And of course, yesterday with the great news of the lady from Douglas. Uh, After a record length of time, I mean like 89 days, uh, moved into a general ward recently. Lines are open back after the break. Text 0868-104-106. Call the Neil Prendiville Show now.
0: 1850-104-106. Red FM.
1: Thank you so much. Um, uh, The latest update that I have coming from uh, the CUH regarding COVID-19. I appreciate the contact. There are currently two patients in CUH with COVID and one on ventilation support so two in the hospital one on ventilation support thank you for that texted update text 0868104106 for all of the business um you know you talk about uh, taking the most precautions that you can quick call here from ian he's uh, working with the company maybe it's his own it's called wilson technology he joins me by phone just briefly ian good morning good morning neil how are you good my man thanks for thanks for pulling in you have infrared thermometers how do they work Literally
5: point and shoot, push a button and hold them about 5 centimetres away from the forehead and you'll
1: get your reading very quickly and very easily. What is it, like the size of a mobile phone or something? Pretty much, Neil, that's exactly it, a handheld device. And what temperature should come up so you so can indicate that somebody's safe?
5: No, Neil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that you should check the recommended uh, websites for the WHO to get that accurate because I don't want to be um, giving people the wrong advice this morning.
1: Mm, I heard it was about 37 point something or other, but okay, I better check and double check.
5: In and around there, but I think we better check because there's a lot of people listening, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
5: So are they expensive? They're running about 85 euros, Neil.
1: Every business but, uh, should invest in one of those if that's the price.
5: They absolutely should, but for these barbers and the hairdressers opening this morning, like their outlay to get reset up is... Uh, it's very difficult for some of them. They're only small businesses. So we just want to do our little bit to help this morning and see if we can give two of them away. You so know?
1: 85 euro for a handheld free, uh, a handheld infrared thermometer is an awful lot cheaper than some of the gadgets I've seen on podiums for f- 1,000 and 1,500 euro.
5: Oh, absolutely. And it yeah. gives They're the same
1: absolutely. result, doesn't it?
5: Pretty much, so that's all you're looking for is a guideline, you know. If you see a spike in temperature, that should be enough for you. Okay. You know?
1: And what, what did you did you import those from overseas in bulk or something, or what did you do?
5: No, we're glad to. We bought them from an Irish um, an Irish company. I don't believe they're the manufacturers, but we bought them in Ireland.
1: Fair play to you. Okay. And are you taking? I mean, if people are listening to this and want to get one for their pub or their restaurant or their hair salon, do you have them in stock?
5: We do indeed. We've plenty of stock. Uh, we'd love people to go to our website, wiltontech.ie, and there's um, a box there that you can make a website query, and we'll respond straight away, and we'll get onto them with our full list of COVID-19 reopening packs.
1: Well done. An €85 Euro for the infrared thermometer. Okay, and do you want to give me a couple of them? I would love to give you a couple of them, Neil. Fair play. Good luck to you, Ian, and I appreciate that. I'll give them away. I'm obliged to you. Cheers. Fantastic. Have a good day. You too. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And that really is a very cost-effective price. It's not going to break the bank, is it? 85 euro, you're supporting a, a core company who in turn is supporting an Irish company. So have a think about that as to how we give those away. Not right now, but Brenda will have a think about it. And if you have a hair salon... Uh, and you're opening on Monday week. We have a couple of those to give away. It's important to do your level best to support local, and I don't mean to be preacher or anything. And and I'm not saying that I'm any better than anyone else, but at least I try. At least I do try. Um, but God knows it can be so trying. It it really can. Yesterday in my first world problems, I needed to buy one of those battery chargers for big batteries. This would be a a charger that would be able to charge a boat battery. You know, they're big gel battery thing big baiters of yokes um, and in the past, uh, I went to a company and I got a fantastic solar panel from that goes onto the side of the of the rib. So it keeps a, it's like a tr- it's kind of a trickle feed in into the battery. So yesterday I was saying I was fed up of bringing batteries in to get them recharged and it took 24 hours and I had to go back again. So I said to buy one I'm back to the same company. They're wonderful. And they had a range of them and they fantastic attention to detail, customer service. It was all brilliant. And I could have bought the wrong one and I ended up buying the recommended one. And it came in at 91 euro and I went away happy out supporting a local company but when I got it home I found the instructions that weren't the greatest so do you know the way you google then instructions and you can get either a video or you can look at you know kind of like the instructions in in, in real time in print and when I banged in the the name of the battery charge and stuff like that up came amazon.co.uk and it's heartbreaking though when you see um, and, and I'm, I'm still happy that I bought it and I'm going to continue to shop local but this is an example of the challenge for local businesses trying to take on online purchases. So my 91 euro battery bought in Cork um, on Amazon.co was 62 euro delivered to my door. I mean, how can you, how can you rise to that challenge as as a business up against online purchases where 91 euro over the counter and you have to go and get it to 62 euro delivered to your door. It's like heartbreaking, isn't it? Not so much for me. It's not going to kill me. But for the businesses who are finding it difficult to be able to compete with, uh, you know, that's um, that's a 33% saving, buying online, do you know what I mean? Anyway, lines open on that, one 850 particularly if you have other examples, just like mine, I'd love to hear from your text, 0868-104-106. Danielle, good morning. Hi, good morning,
6: how are you?
1: Okay, so how are you bearing up now? Because we're moving quite quickly now through the changes, one wonders whether they're, we're getting our freedom back too fast. What are your thoughts on all that?
2: Um, my thoughts is we can't get it back fast enough. Uh, I think it was very bad for people's mentality, people's, um, uh, especially the older people and people that were vulnerable. Um, children seem to go through this and not even notice it was happening and weren't getting sick, but um, it can't
1: happen quick enough for me. So you think that everything should be allowed to reopen now, and people should have free freedom to choose whether they want to live or die.
2: Yes, I think you should be actually responsible for your own health. I would have fallen into the vulnerable category because I have a lung condition. And I, at the start, became terrified of this. Terrified of going anywhere. I never thought I'd be that scared of anything. But I mean, I, I, I've actually done, um, I've actually jumped out of a plane, like, to all these things. here when I when I go on holidays, like we all do, you know.
1: Yeah, that's it's risk. To, you say, risk. But, so with with, and I can hear or, as well that you perhaps do have issues with with breathing. Did you stay indoors for a lengthy period of time then, without going out, cocooning as yes. they say? Yeah. Yes, I did. Have you yes, stopped I that
2: was, now? i did. Even going to my shop. I would actually not go out, and um, when I see the children out playing, um, I wouldn't go when the children were around. I'd go when there was nobody. When it got darker, which was not. Not good.
1: And have and have you stopped doing that now? Are you going out now?
2: Yeah, and I my friends call and I hug my friends and I say you know what well, I mean. Wait a the, second! The you that, but, you um, shouldn't
1: be hugging friends, girl. You shouldn't be doing that.
2: I, I don't think you see. I don't think that this um, I'd call it a shamdemic We had, right? A
1: shamdemic?
2: flu. Yes, yes. I do. We believe we had um, a serious flu, which gets more serious every year.
1: Flu. I think you dodged do. a bullet, Danielle. I really do, because it's clear to me talking to you that you do seem to have lung issues and breathing issues. And if you had got COVID-19, you probably would have died.
2: Well, I think I had it. And I'm waiting. My doctor is out sick at the moment for the last three months.
1: When do you think, think you a had it?
2: Doctor. I believe I got the 6th of December. I got sick with what I thought was flu. It
1: probably was and flu, though, was it?
2: Um. I tell you now, I've had more antibiotics um, from the 6th of December until the end of February than I've ever had in my whole life. And I had six lots of steroids. I actually lost my voice completely. Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk to anybody. I had to write down what I wanted
1: in the local shop because they couldn't understand me. And you believe that that was coronavirus?
2: I had every symptom. I had a temperature. My doctor now is really good and she was actually sending me up a blood test every week. She tested me for everything. She couldn't find what was wrong with me. So she just gave me antibiotics and steroids and antibiotics and steroids. Now I'm actually going to just come back. I'm actually going to get tested if you see did I have it.
1: Okay and will that test be able to show that back Will the antibodies be there to show that you had it in December then? Is that what the plan is?
2: I'm I'm not sure about that, Neil. I'm really not sure. Well, if it
1: does happen, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from anybody when they get a result like that back to show that they headed in December. Like I said, on
2: the fifth of December, and I'm a pretty healthy person normally. And on Christmas Day, I couldn't even uh, keep down a drink of water.
1: Okay, okay. And are you so you're hugging friends, and are they okay with you hugging them, or do they have a kind of a look of shock on their face when you get up to them?
2: Um, sometimes they do, but. I'm more vulnerable than them and if I'm prepared to actually do this.
1: If you tried to hug me, I would move back from you. And
2: maybe I wouldn't to hug you, <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: know, I know that, but but you know what I mean, somebody, somebody. I mean, I was always embarrassed there about two weeks ago and somebody did reach to hug me and hugged the person next to me and I said, and I stepped back and I was kind of mortified doing it saying, best not to do that.
2: Yeah, well, I've done the dance for loads of people, you know, on the street, like, I got to avoid them and they walk into me and I walk into them again and they like, oh my God, you know. Damn. But I, I do think, really, it was, it was flu. I think it was a very serious flu. Why and would you. I do think it, it Why was would overestimated. you.
1: Have, so, why would you have spent months cocooning, right? And not going out until after dark and now start hugging people? Why aren't you still on red alert? Because you say it's a shamdemic, is it?
2: Yes. I do believe it became a very convenient time for our government and all that. Um,
1: but what about all time. of the hundreds and, and of like thousands the, of people I, that I are... I put it
2: this way, me, right? Um, anybody that's afraid of flying, right? There's more chance of being hit by a bus than dying in a plane crash.
1: That's a fact. I can't really follow that. I got dizzy listening to that. Anybody who's afraid of flying has a bigger yeah, they, chance they think, of... I they
2: think they're going to... When they go up in the air, they're going to die, you know? Oh, I see. And they're yeah. afraid of it. Yeah, you've more chance of being killed by a vehicle
1: on the road, than in an airplane, than in an airplane crash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you see, so it's all very well. Thing. You see, it's all very well me getting cor- coronavirus because I'm healthy, but I get it and I give it to a sick person. They're not healthy. They'll die, or they'll be very, very sick, and they'll they'll need. There's a woman came out of the ICU and the bonds. There, she's a woman from Douglas, and she was in there eighty nine days. You know, that's the kind of result of somebody who's healthy when they give the vi- virus, sorry, 79 days in a ventilator, you know.
2: Mm, yeah, but um, like I said, um, every statistic we have for the coronavirus in Ireland, um, they put every death down to coronavirus. And people are even appealing the fact that um, one lady, um, her father was in stage four cancer. They put him down to coronavirus death.
1: Because it was the, the only
2: qu- way they could have actually given us the true statistics and the true figures. Uh, but just somebody you may know, have cancer, you know, right? right? Somebody
1: may have stage four cancer, but it was COVID nineteen killed them, not cancer.
2: No, it was cancer. Her, uh, this city, her father um, didn't have any of the conditions that were associated with the COVID.
1: And they put it down as COVID.
2: And they put it down as COVID.
1: Well, I've only got your word for that. Uh, you don't. You don't believe that um, you know all of the elderly people who died. Um, you know, were going to die anyway. Surely, no.
2: Well, well, we we do know that they they didn't actually um, go going and protect the nursing ones at all. No, no, we didn't know right. we left that uh, they were left very They were just left right out there. Okay, okay. I mean, if, if you the storm out tonight, are you going to leave your little puppy dog out there? No, because you could be hurt. That's what they done with our elderly people. In every sense um, of the word. Right. like if you even with the isolation, okay, they okay. couldn't hug their grandchildren, they couldn't. Um, uh, but, but I'm you're... not sure if, I, if this was believable or not, right? But I actually did see a thing on Facebook where an elderly lady up the country was getting, um, the last weight from outside her window, I'm a priest, I wouldn't go in, come on.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe anything that I read on social media unless I checked it and double checked it and triple checked it. I and I was thinking hmm, that t- that can me, depend. But that but can the depend. We're closed down as well. Maybe it are. did happen. It could depend on the. It could depend on the priest. But I don't want you like typhoid Mary going around the place uh, hugging people. But you are nonetheless. Hang on a second. Uh, no,
2: no, no, no. If I'm vulnerable and I haven't got it,
1: you're hugging people, and I
2: feel okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I think other people shouldn't be scared, but okay. it did scare most most people that were vulnerable and. Yeah, um,
1: th- that includes you. That includes you. Okay, just just That's very quickly. Hang Killian. on, Killian. How are things? Good, go ahead.
7: Did you see the news last night it's all outside the m- church of the the, the funeral of
1: the the guard? Yeah, I saw video footage of that. Yeah, why? Did you see them hugging and kissing outside the church? Sure, like what can you do? You know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but sure. Listen, that woman,
7: you're, you're kind of half getting cut, and that woman there, that she's at it. Like, they're, they're all at it.
1: Would you, I you, so you prefer if I was on the air saying, yeah, "Go on, hug away, whoever you want."
7: No, I don't think I thought it was all wrong. Like, and more so on on television, like I thought it was shocking, shocking to the world.
1: But sure, nothing that's happening at funerals these days should surprise us, you know.
7: I know, yeah. But I mean, just say she's a set girls' funeral, like I thought it was desperate You saw it yourself.
1: Yeah. Do you do you think it's okay now for people to be going around hugging and shaking no, no, hands? No, 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 no. I don't even hug my wife.
2: Good luck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love the cork humor, I really do. All right, I'll let you get on, Kitty. And thanks, Danielle. Mind yourself. Watch out for that hugging. Do you hear me? All right? Take care. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at FM.
0: Text 086
1: Dan, good morning. Good morning, sir. Okay, I'm good. Thank you. You're incensed by my reaction to something that uh, Danielle said, is it?
8: I didn't hear the start of the conversation, Neil, okay. but yes, uh, it appears that uh, you were speaking to that lady about one particular thing, and then it appears that she mentioned about that she's hugging people and that kind of stuff. She's that hugging that, friends uh, now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hugging friends, and that's, as she said, she's, she doesn't get uh, the symptoms anymore of it. And uh, she mentioned about somebody who had stage four cancer that she is knew or knew of, and uh, that was put down as a COVID 19 death when that person passed away, and that's, that person hadn't had any COVID 19 symptoms. And your response, when you apparently had something that didn't fit your belief system, Neil, was, well, I only have that work, we only have your work for that. Now, you interview a lot of people over the years, and uh, a few minutes ago, prior to that lady, I heard you Exhausting us all And I agree with us You know As best we can Shop local Yeah I I have uh, Stopped listening to RT radio Because It It's uh, It's uh, (laughs) It's lost its soul It's sold its soul Completely And I I have been Who's it sold its soul To
1: the government Is it yeah, uh, yeah, or less, I, but, yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't I, I, I couldn't argue with that my friend. I couldn't argue so with
8: I, that. So I, so I tune in to C103 and Red FM and 96 yeah. FM because they're local and I like both supporting and you do. Okay, well
1: thank you for supporting us. We we we, we do appreciate it on behalf of uh, all of us. But with regards yeah. to me saying to her I've only her word for it. Yes. So that's a very reasonable thing to say when somebody says I have a friend who's whose relation had stage 4 cancer and died of stage 4 cancer, and and the medics wrote down COVID-19 when that person never had COVID-19. So that's a very reckless thing to say.
8: Uh, You interview probably thousands of people over the course of a year, and they tell you all sorts of amazing, intriguing, intimate, private details. Yes. And you do not, and I don't listen to you three hundred and sixty I understand, that, I understand. Daily. When you do you, you, I understand. You, you don't you do not say to people, Neil, when they speak of difficult situations or things they know or things that happen to them, you do not say to them, Well we really only have your vote for that now, Mary or Don or Peter, right? I don't it I seems.
1: can't compare like with like their to be honest with you. Yes,
8: there's no comparing like with like. I mean,
1: look, basically, the woman
8: was talking to you. She was uh, had an interesting story about... She did.
1: She, she did, and, but and she, then, she's, then claiming, then she's you, claiming that a death cert was falsified. I mean, like, come on. She, she, you can't allow she that said, to go unchallenged.
8: She's, well, so, you see, yeah. that's part of the thing, Neil. What it nowadays, it means falsified. There's there's explicit, uncontested documentation from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control in the United States, where last March, I think it was, they, they issued new directions to people who were filling out death cells in the United States. And please do not tell me, oh, that's only in the United States. And the directions were very clear. And they were totally against... Um, basically decades and centuries of how a death cert would properly and ethically and morally and responsibly be filled out. And it was that basically the CDC directed everybody uh, who had the job or took on or was given the responsibility of filling out a death cert that if the person who had died had any symptom that... Could be considered a COVID nineteen symptom. They were to be under that self died of or from COVID nineteen. Fair enough, and I that, accept
1: that. And you are right; I have heard that. But she said to me that there were no COVID symptoms. And, and bear in mind as well, she's telling me a story on behalf of somebody else. It, so it's yes. one. It's one case removed from her experience. You know.
8: Uh, that's fine. So you you do not tell you do not have that that dismissive reaction. Uh, for your interviewees when they're telling you stuff but on this occasion it appears that you have a, a simple message which is whatever government tells us not at all not we, at all we, will reflect,
1: not at all. Right? we Abs- will reflect that not at all how, how, I'm, how, I'm, how I'm more well, cynical than most people regarding um, the no, c- politicians cynical, of government like
8: Neil, I have spent time being cynical and I have, uh, I, forget, I don't mean this in any uh, okay. dismissive fashion, cynical doesn't doesn't improve the world, okay? Okay, it's, I'm, it's, I'm talking
1: about my cynicism towards politicians, but listen, I'm, I'm out of time for now. I don't mean to cut you short, I can bring you back again after 10, but I'm not going to change, in, in spite of what you say, when I hear a story that's one part removed from the person telling me the story, because um, if, if we were to stop doing that we would be surrounded by unchallenged fake news. It could well be true. I don't know. But when I hear a story, like you, you could tell me a story of a fellow that you told your story in a pub. I can't accept that as being gospel.
8: I don't think now that this lady was speaking to was telling you a story right. about somebody told on a pub or something. Okay, okay.
1: all right. Uh, I, I'm, way, I'm way over wrong. time, Dan. I'm happy for you to come back on and you can let Brendan know if you wish to do so, but I'm back after 10. The Neil Prenderville Show.
2: With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. I
1: heard uh, the, someone on the, one of the early news bulletins, I think was listening earlier on this morning, they're saying that... Um, uh, this weekend is the start of summer. I get fierce confused as to when summer actually starts. Tomorrow is the day before the longest day, which is uh, the 21st, and that's on Sunday. They're saying this weekend officially welcomes summer. Summer for me is always the first day of June. I don't know what it is with everybody else calendar-wise. Anyway, you know, talking about dates and numbers, this is funny. Um, now, I changed the the actual numbers in because when I was sent this email the the number involved in, in this email was 90 minutes, the time you could go into a pub. Of course, that got changed to 105 minutes um so that, um, you know, you could stay that extra bit longer. But, you know, and if it's 106, then you'll get COVID-19 kind of thing. Um, but anyway, the deal now, Neil, is that from the 29th of June, you will be safe at one meter distance in a pub as long as you don't stay longer than 105 minutes. Indications are that the minute 106 passes, uh, things get really dangerous. If we don't agree to the 105 minute deal and we want to stay, say, 120 minutes, then the one meter deal will be off the table and we'll go back to two meters. It also seems that if you are, if you are not in a pub, you are still in severe danger if the distance to another person is less than two meters, no matter how long you meet them for. Safe, much safer now to be in a pub, apparently they're saying. Even if you don't even face the other person and your encounter only lasts a few seconds, safety outside of pubs like say for instance on buses can be achieved with face masks but the one meter distance is not applicable there Uh, the deal only applies to COVID-19 and pubs it also emerged that the coronavirus can be kept at bay if you eat a meal in a pub for at least nine euro if your meal is cheaper than nine euro you are in danger and if you don't order a meal in a pub at all you're in mortal danger so much so that you're not even allowed to enter the pub It seems, though, that there will be no meal supervision, so you are not forced to eat the meal. You just need to order it. Once you order it for more than €9, the virus will know that you've ordered the meal and the virus will leave you alone. P.S. Without any doubt, our authorities clearly know what they're doing and they've thought all of this through. please don't take that as gospel will you that's just a bit of fun um, somebody said to me yesterday and they were quite impassioned about it that under no circumstances you can, be, can you be forced to eat the meal that you order in the pub and that you technically should be allowed to bring it home with you it should be okay to order it leave it on the table, have you a few drinks, ask for it to be boxed and taken away to bring home Good luck with that. I mean, talk about making things more confusing and difficult for the staff, but off you go, nonetheless. So there's lots of texts on that. And also, unfortunately, the death of yet another Garda. Uh, Can I just do some of those texts, if you don't mind? Then I'll talk to Niall. The Garda get an awful lot of bad press. The problem is in this country is the judges handing down ridiculous sentencing, if any sentence at all. Things have to change before we have yet another Garda tragedy, uh, says Anthony. These attacks on guards, ambulance and firefighters that you refer to have been going on for years with little or no punishment given out. There's no respect for these officers. So how will respect be given to members of the public if people don't respect the Garda? How many coughing and spitting incidents went on re- recently with COVID-19 threats to Garda? It was uncountable and it should have been met with an automatic jail sentence of six months and a swab taken. If it was proven the people who coughed or spat at the guards had COVID-19, then the sentence should have been increased from six months to two years jail, and they should have been given the sentence as this is a killer disease. Uh, morning, that Garda was on his own when he was tragically murdered. I think this could be taken because of the recent changes in the Garda rostering. Um Actually, I heard... Uh, a crime correspondent said that in rural areas of the country a lot of the guards go around on their own it's only in bigger areas in urban areas and cities that you see guardie going around in pairs or sometimes even three of them but in rural areas which are deemed to be safer and quieter uh, one member of the force on their own apparently has been deemed to be acceptable. Mind you, many people are asking, why was he on his own? Normally they patrol in pairs, don't they? Uh, there are cutbacks and changes and shift patterns for the guards, but do we have any army service to back them up? Barracks are mostly in rural areas. Could they not provide backup for situations like this? In my experience, they're not doing much else in the army anyway. So thank you for those texts to 0868104106. On a lighter note, Tomás with the fodder is seven years old today. Happy birthday, Tomas. Hope you've been keeping well. He was a radio sensation when he was a very small lad. And Bernie rang, hoping that Neil can give him a shout-out. So happy birthday, Tomas, with the fodder. Hope you have a great day today and that you're spoiled rotten because you're a lovely little lad. OK, back to the phone lines we go. Niall, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you keeping? When do we speak? Was it the back end of April, was it? The back end of April, Neil. I think it's around the 29th. Yeah. And remind me, what happened again?
9: Uh, I was driving home from work and uh stopped by a guard, as I was every other day on uh, on the lockdown, you know. And uh, this guard, this particular guard made a big deal about my NCT being out. And as I tried to explain to him that I had been for the NCT, I had been there twice once before the lifts were working, they weren't working, and once after the lifts were working. And uh, eventually I was failed on a visual. So the car was perfect, bar a bulge in a tyre, which I went away and got fixed. I came back to the NCT centre and then the, it was all closed up. It was yeah. shut down for the lockdown. Yeah. So I tried explaining this to the guard and he just wasn't having a bar of it. He was walking around the car, taking notes, filling up his little black book and just ranting and raving about you wouldn't be in this mess now if you were NCT. And I was like, sure, how could I do the NCT guard? Because for a simple reason, everyone was closed. And uh I thought no more of it. We left. We left just part of the company and uh I get a a summons in the door than yesterday for a fixed charge offence Then they want 60 hours off me and they want to land me with three points on my licence for this on the 22nd of the 4th 2020 now I think this guard is just on a power trip to be quite honest about it because I've met many guards over the lockdown every day twice three times stops, and they were all 100% sound this guy was just Oh, scale so
1: after him, you met other guards at other checkpoints, and you had an out-of-date NCT, and they were okay yeah. with it. Hundred percent before and after him, like you know. And yeah. when did the NCT stop testing cars? Um,
9: I'm not sure. No, to be honest, which, uh, it was in sometime in March, I think. Was it that early? Uh, my, my uh, the visual thing was dated to 25th. Of
1: but he, he of wouldn't season. have known anything about the, the the visual or he just saw the search was out, right?
9: Oh, oh I gave him the paperwork. I gave him everything. I, have, I carry it with me as proof of that I was at the NCT. Right? So I gave him all the documentation. You got it fixed right? but
1: when you went back then to get the visual checked again they were shut?
9: They were closed, yeah. Due to lockdown. Nationwide lockdown. So
1: right? everybody yeah. then was told that it was okay to drive without an NCT up to date, remember?
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You so know?
1: like should like you should appeal that
9: I'm going to appeal it. I'm going to fight it all the way, there's not a no way i am going to let this go like
1: so How could you get a summons and three penalty points for fine for something that you have no control over because the n c t is shot It's not your fault
9: I, I don't know. I rounded the uh, inquiries, the eighteen ninety number on this thing, and uh, all I want to say is I have to go to the internet, get onto to the website at uh, garda.iefcn, dot and appeal this kind of thing like you mean, know? but I want to bring this to the light in the forefront that. If it has happened to anybody else, it's just a little rubbish-like. Let me just think. check the yeah.
1: date as to when the NCT stopped testing cars, and then maybe we might have other people who also got a, a fine. Or a, and if you don't pay that fine, you'll get a summons to go to court.
9: Well, eventually, yeah. Uh, it takes up to 50, 50, 56 days. So, first of all, if you refuse to pay it to 60 orders, it goes up to 90. And then it goes up to 120, the proceedings of the alleged... And uh, you'll get a court date after that. And
1: if you don't pay it within the first period of time, do the penalty points go up? Um. Yeah you don't know I think I think it, it doesn't say so and just but say, they kind of yeah. threaten you into paying up and shutting up you know because they
9: do yeah yeah and I think it's a typical bully boy tactics Like, do you know what I mean and it's not on like it's not right like you know okay I mean?
1: let, let's let's find out if other people are getting summonses in the post for NCT certs that they can't update because the NCT is closed and um, when you were, when you were stopped there was probably other cars behind as well waiting while this guy was on the trip around the car yeah
9: he actually pulled me into one side because there was like a split lane coming into the, into the tunnel
1: and on the stranded side of Limerick. You didn't and give him like, any grief or anything? Like, you didn't rub him out the wrong way or anything, no?
9: No, no, I was 100%. I have a couple of tattoos, I have a skinhead, and as far as I can see, I a few earrings, do you know what I mean? And I as far ah, as I can see, I now like you the see. He like, mightn't you know what what
1: like the look of you. You All know? the old body art. He mightn't appreciate it.
9: That's it. Like, I mean, he want to drag his ass with the dark ages, like, in fairness, you know what I mean?
1: Like. Okay. So, what are you going to do? Go to court.
9: What oh, am going to do? I well, look. So I be gonna, thrown uh, out in court, uh, anyway. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm aiming for. But I'd like to have it have it dealt with beforehand. Like, in fairness.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's see yes, if other people let's see if other people have got um or yeah. um or were stopped or have already but, got a summons or a fine or penalty points in the post. Alright.
9: But but like, if I have to go to court I have to take a day off work and the whole lot. Like, you know what I mean? So, see, you want to pay me out all of his wages? Is it okay? Uh-huh.
1: So just, so I'll check this out on your behalf as well. Give me the date that you were stopped.
9: I was stopped at 1650 on the 22nd of the 4th,
1: 2020. 22nd of April. We were well into lockdown at that stage. Well okay. into it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Man. All man. right. He's out of line. Okay. Thanks, Niall. Check out the dates and that and also see if other people have had a similar experience. Text 0868104106. So just the, the NCT closed on the 27th of March. He was stopped on the 22nd of April. Go figure. Cathy, good morning.
2: Hello, Niall. How are you? Good. Um, you have an
1: NCT story for me. Go ahead.
2: I'll tell it is now, right? We got our car NCT on the 5th of March, right? And then, of course, it came into lockdown. It was just the lifts weren't going at the time, right? That's and exactly um, what
1: Niall said, yeah.
2: yeah. Right. And I'll tell you now, I'm so worried, right? The car must go back for the lift, right? But I'm worried what way do they work on it because they don't have any gowns. <laughs> I know a car was NCT last week now and the person... Uh, the men that was doing it, Has to put the open down all the windows and uh, he just had a pair of gloves, right? I know if you're buying a car, I was told from a salesman that they covered the steering wheels and whatever and they have something on the handbrake and they print some machine afterwards for 15 minutes or whatever, right? But I'm going to be honest with you, you now, right? In my house, I haven't, we haven't gone into any shop, right? Mm. There's no strangers in my car that even my grandchildren have come into my house yet because I have two people as one is very bad asthmatic and one is have a problem, right?
1: These are your the sons, has, I believe, is it? Pardon? Are these members of the family that are cocooning with yeah, you? Yeah,
2: my own, my son and my husband, right? Okay. But I'm just, I'm just talking on behalf of ourselves and other people as well. Like, I mean, the men that would be doing the car could have symptoms and we could have it and we give it to both each other. What we do they work walk now, that's my worry. My car has to go back to the lift and we're actually so sick. I'm actually nervous over it, to be honest with you. Do you know what? they have no gowns on them? They don't have any suppose, gowns on the thing you know what I and mean
1: Well will they actually have worry. to but they mightn't have to get into the car at all will they
2: they do have to go in for the lift it has to be taken into some I don't know Does they have day. to they drive to it sleep. onto a lift
1: they have to drive it do onto. you know
2: what I mean no, that's my worry I'm actually sick and my stomach over
1: and do, 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 ha- did you check what the guidelines are you know after the car has been dealt with does it get deep cleaned or does it get sprayed or does it have to sit somewhere for a half an hour before you get into it no th- I
2: know This person got the car back it will straight away afterwards after the density be done do you know what I mean and yeah. the person that did come out to bring the car in just had... And I feel sorry for those as well, because they had to go back to work <laughs> to get their wages and stuff. But I'm just worried, like, they don't have gowns. I'm just... I'm probably one of these ones now that's a freak. It's, just it's, it's, now, in, it's
1: right? interesting, because just to, as, as a by-the-way, it's not a direct comparison, but if you're having your windows done and you have window cleaners that call, they'll do your outside windows, but they won't do the windows inside your house. Yeah. because will like, yeah. and I
2: mean... That's I just want to ask, because I know it's an email, and I don't email, so I just want to ask you about it, if you didn't mind, you know what I mean? Right?
1: All right, okay, well, all, all I can do is check out what the protocol is now at the NCT. I can certainly do that and see what precautions they take. Nice. When When is your date?
2: Uh, we have booked yet because I'm nervous. <laughs> it was We got done the 5th of March, so we must book for it, but I just want to see how does it work. And for you... all the people as well, for the safety of the people that's doing them. And for and the people are bringing up their cars, you know what you mean? Okay. I mean? because That's like no one goes into anybody's cars at the moment, or your family. And
1: you know you're worried I mean? because you're all cocooning I and have been for months. And how have you coped I over have... the last three months? Did you get out at all?
2: I I know. I is as as my judge now. I've very good neighbours. My chemist brings out my medication. My daughter would do my shopping. As I'm telling you, no word of a lie now. My husband would look after the church. I live in Castle Lines. I'm going to be honest with you, right? He haven't gone down to the church for three months. Well, it was closed anyway. But I mean, you know, see the sacristan he is. Treated.
1: Pardon? See the sacristan.
2: Oh, well, he would do a bit for the priest, just and he haven't gone down even. You know, my neighbours are very good. I have very good neighbours. Uh, fantastic. My chemist brings up my medication. My shopping is done. I do not go to any shop. There's a local shop here in the parish, and I don't go in to bring up my, into the bushes. And house. what did you do I, for I,
1: three I, months? Have you a big garden?
2: Well, I, we have. We do walking and I tell it out. Uh, there's a farmer's field behind us. We live in the built-up area and we put up a ladder up on, this is not what I've liked, up in the ditch. We go up the ditch, walk a, two or three fields. Now, I am going out a bit. We I go walking, made down to Gary Vogue the other day. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, my son is a very high risk. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, right? And I wouldn't tell a lie, you know? Yeah. And, um,
1: so you stay away from everybody, don't you?
2: I stay away from everybody. My neighbour next door, we have every Sunday here in Lines we have a little bingo for the for the elderly people and it's great. We all sit in our own gardens. There's one particular girl, she's fantastic, she does it every week. And then we have, uh, sit out at night there in our own gardens, a few of us, and we sit down and have a cup of tea and we did it last night. A cup of tea and a bar of chocolates and a bag of potatoes. So you, you, wouldn't,
1: you could have people into your garden or even indoors, but you don't want to do that?
2: No, I haven't done it. My grandchildren will come up oh. and they wouldn't come in yet.
1: All right. Okay. okay. No,
2: and that's been on switch because one of them is autistic. You've and been uh, very
1: vigilant in fairness to you. Oh. I have
2: really the on switch but I'm so nervous. Okay, I'll this. check out I'll and check I- out
1: the protocol and see what's involved and what precautions they're taking. All right. Okay, you well, no, Thank you so much right. for taking
10: the call. Thank Cheers. Thanks much. a lot. Bye-bye. Much obliged.
1: You're talking about um, you know sentencing and, and stuff like that and uh, you know somebody says here by email, I'd like to say how sorry and sad I am to hear of the news of a Garda that was fatally killed The guards of this country continue to blow me away with the amount of horrific work they have to do, which seems to me to be underpaid, underappreciated, and unprotected. I wanted to come in on the topic of gang culture and drugs, though, and the local drug crime that goes on in our great little country that we do not hear about from newspapers, RT news, or the government, and it's outrageous. I beg to differ on on that. The, The red tops actually go, or I think actually probably even too much, um, you know, coverage of—I uh, often think when they're constantly talking about, you know, drug crime, gangs, and families, that they're almost glorifying them. I think they do it so much, but I don't think that uh, the newspaper could be, could be accused of not covering drug crime. But anyway, back to the email. I'm 28 years old. I work in the beauty industry, and what I hear on a daily basis, my job would shock you. There is a drug scene in Cork that I never thought in my life I'd have any knowledge of, considering I never have and do not take drugs. Yet here I type, yet here I type the email to you, I'm 28 years old but I have an old head on young shoulders from what I hear. It seems a comparison to those younger and older than me, like some people who are relying on drugs to enjoy themselves these days. People are receiving drugs in their letterbox. Uh, It's a dodgy territory for people to get into, don't you think? Just imagine what else is going on at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the, probably the only way you can get your your drugs now is by courier, isn't it? Uh, there are young people, even children, walking around our estates, streets, armed with knives, weapons and dealing in drugs. How the hell have we got to here? People have been, children have been groomed for gang culture. Teenagers think they're in some geared up, cannabis smoking, geezer type crimes following rap videos. Uh, it's baffling, it's frightening. And most people don't even know about it. Worse again, I think we need an updated system. I don't have answers, but only ideas and things to put this conversation into motion. Like, for instance, more armed guards on the streets. A new branch of the guards, if you like. Train them like you train in the army. Um, You can buy drugs online, no problem, through Snapchat, Instagram and Facebook. It doesn't have to be on the dark net or a backstreet alley anymore, says uh, Megan. And then, of course, you have the problem when people up before the judges and up in court and sentencing... We've got interesting observations on that, which we'll come back to in a few minutes' time. But back to the phone lines, we go. Eileen, good morning.
2: Good morning, Neil. Oh, I was yeah. listening to the lady there yeah. about her NCT, and she seems very nervous. And I just said, I, I actually had the exact same story, but um, I got my NCT done on the twenty. 20- the 14th of March, 2020, yeah. right? And it's passed, pass, pass, right down, but at the very end, there's no lift inspection done. Yeah. And there's a page attached to the back of that, and I read out the section that applies to us, the people that have to go back to the lift. Um, in light of the temporary suspension of the vehicle lift inspection, due to safety concerns, we understand that you have some specific questions regarding your vehicle inspection report. The most likely scenarios are presented below. Scenario 1. You have passed each of the items tested today. Your VIR states test incomplete. Test incomplete addresses the fact that no lift inspection was carried out. You must return at a later date to undergo the underbody inspection. No additional fee will be charged when you present the vehicle for inspection. We ask that you refrain from making any further retest bookings for your underbody inspection until NCTS confirm that you should do so. And that's why at the
1: time people were saying, why in the name of God should you go for an NCT if they don't check under the car and the chassis could be rotten? But anyway...
2: Yeah. exactly, we will contact customers regarding the completion of their tests A certificate will only be why are, you of telli-
1: why are you telling me all of this incidentally, because I'm con- trying to concentrate on hygiene protocol from the staff of the NCT
2: well I thought the lady that was on I know she's talking about the hygiene yeah. but what amazed me is that I did think I had to ring and rebook my test for the underbody test, Yeah. yeah. but when I tried to do that On the phone, and I put in my registration, a message came up, vehicle registration not recorded, and I thought it was very funny. I went on the iPad, and I did it, so we actually have to wait to be contacted by the NCTS to go back
1: to do the test. So what have you got now? You have an out-of-date search, is it?
2: I have, and I keep the letter. It's my, mine is up since, um, I think it was January, and I'm driving around like that since January with the thing, but I have the letter in the car to show that I'm waiting to go back. But I can't make that appointment. They'll have to ring us.
1: That's the way it is. But do, do you, you don't get any grief when you're... Have you been stopped or anything, and you didn't get a fine or a summons? No,
2: no, nothing, nothing. Nobody stopped me for the MCT or nothing. I was stopped a few times as to where I was going because I was back at work um, as an essential worker, So we had a letter from Mark to get back to work. Fair play to you. No,
1: fair play. And well done for the work you've done. So when you were stopped by the guards at checkpoints, they saw the NCT cert was out and they didn't do anything. They said, that's okay. They
2: said they looked at it and they said, that's okay. So a bald fella,
1: a bald fella then with tattoos and um, some body earrings and stuff like that. And he gets grief from a guard because I imagine because the guard didn't like the look of him. Probably so. That's unfair. Yeah. That's just not fair. Yeah.
2: It is, it is. And I was actually stopped. I'm living in Ballancolleg and I was stopped literally two two minutes from my door, you know?
1: So if you're a young fellow with more. body piercing, a tattoo and a bald head, you'll get a fine. But anybody else who looks normal in the eyes of the guard can drive on. That's not yeah. fair. Yeah. That's not yeah. fair.
2: So I just said that if people are wondering do they try and rebook there no. for their underbody tests? my husband's car has to go back before mine because he got his done before me and he still hasn't heard so we're just waiting to get And your advice is just
1: sit tight they'll get in touch
2: Exactly, because I couldn't ring and I couldn't do it on the the line.
1: Well, that will help an awful lot of people who had that question unanswered, and thank you for it, Eileen. Appreciate it. Okay, no
2: problem, Thank you so much. much.
1: The protocol for staff at the NCT. Before each inspection, all vehicle inspectors must wash their hands with soap and water and wear a new set of disposable gloves. Um, This is protocol for staff. Leave all entrance doors open where possible to minimize the risk of virus transfer via door handles in the test center. Leave vehicle inspection reports and NCT certs on the front seat of the customer's vehicle following the test, eliminating the need for the customer to re-enter the test center unless they have a query. So there it is. Uh, That's as much. That's the protocol. Wash your hands. Wear gloves, nothing else. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 86
0: 8104 Red FM.
1: Okay, uh, back to the phone lines we go. Jason, good morning.
0: I need to are ya? Did you get a fine?
11: I did, I got I got a 60 euro fixed penalty fine for no tax.
1: No tax, okay, but... <laughs> no tax. You, you, why didn't you have tax on the van? Because I literally,
11: I bought the van three weeks beforehand. And I was waiting on the logbook to come. The van was insured; it was tested, and just not had It was physically impossible for me to tax it without a logbook.
1: True enough, you need the the document. It's not. It's a, it's the what is the? I don't know if they call it a logbook anymore, but it's some sort of a yeah, vehicle a registration, registration or cert or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, it, is I, there I, usually I, I, a period of grace? What is it? Is there usually yeah, yeah, go on.
11: There's usually two, two, three or four weeks of grace, like, give you time to get the book and tax it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah,
11: But yeah. at the time, the tax office was closed as
1: well. But come here, I haven't been in the tax office in 20 years, I'd say. I do everything online, and it, do you get a tax disc in 24 hours, 48 hours? Yeah, but that's private, not commercial. Do you have to rock up there for commercial tax, you do?
11: For, for, for first-time commercial vehicle registration tax, you have to go to the guards get it all signed off with your with confirmation with your tax rat number and stuff and then you physically have to go into the tax office. Okay, alright. So, like, it was physically, uh, uh, there was no way possible I could have taxed in the van. And so you stopped? Yeah, I stopped on the Kintel Road roundabout there by the, the airport.
1: And one of the checkpoint things, yeah. And what? And what, yeah, was the, yeah. what t- talk to me about the conversation, what happened?
11: Uh, not really. He, he, didn't even, he didn't even tell me, he was fining me, he just asked me what what was the story with the tax, I explained to him that I was only asked to get into the van, I was waiting on the logbook, etc, and he took a picture of my ridge, took a picture of my licence, and said yeah, run away, drive on, and lo and behold, about two weeks later, fining the door.
1: I'd be darned, and you think yeah. that that was unfair, because you couldn't do what you were asked to do, and that you should have been given a bit of...
11: Like, even, even if he told me there and then, oh, I'm going fine, then, yeah. I would have fought my case with him there and then explained it in detail, you know?
1: And what would he have said? Well, as far as the rules of the road are concerned, you should not be on the road without a valid tax disc. And, yeah, and he'd be right, sure like, off. wouldn't he? He'd be right. Well, like you said, there, there's,
11: there's always a, a bit of grace given, you know what I mean?
1: Sorry, you see, I didn't I didn't know that you actually physically have to go to the tax office with a commercial vehicle. I didn't know that. Sure, you couldn't do that? Yeah,
11: it, it's only on the first time tax, it. You can do it online then after that, you know?
1: Okay, you're going to appeal that or what's the deal? I
11: am, I am of course, yeah. I know now it's only 60 euros and there's no penalty points or anything like but it, that, but it's not the point. Like, it was physically impossible for me to tax it. I couldn't have done it, you know? And so... now, now the fact of the test is out. I can't tax it either because you can't tax a commercial vehicle unless you can prove that it's tested.
1: Oh, for God's sake. And and um, did you get penalty points or is it just a 60 euro fine? No, or... just, just a
11: 60 euro fine. So you
1: just get a fine for tax, but you get a fine and penalty points for an NCT? Yeah. All right, it seems to be a lot of people. Do you think there'd be a lot of people getting these kind of fines in the post?
11: Well, I, I, I'd say, you know, like 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 the other caller on there, I'd say your man was just on a power trip because I went... The same day, I went through three other checkpoints, and there they they wasn't a bother. I'm after being through, I'd say, I, was like, I, in the last couple of weeks, over 50 checkpoints,
1: and not a bother. And um single one did the other checkpoints point out the tax? Because you technically should have road tax, you know? But Daniel said yeah, there,
3: there,
11: there, there was one fella, he he kind of, he, he just double-checked it, had a, a second glance and some most, and he said, what's the story of the tax? explained to me, he says, Look, not a bother, you're working away, drive on.
1: Alright, kid. Alright. Appreciate that. Thanks uh, for that.
11: Yeah, yeah. Yeah and and the other caller as well on and, and there this morning, the the lady there about the that's sick of the coronavirus that's hugging people and stuff. I I agree with her. I i I'm type one diabetic. I didn't go cocooning. I'm working through the whole lockdown. I'm eating up to two, three hundred people a day. I'm fine. I reckon, it, I, I think it's all a hoax. Now, don't get me wrong, I know there is people dying of it, but it's a bit
1: overboard, like you asked me. Yeah, but, you know, the guidelines were there for everybody to follow, you know. Um, not everybody that's did, that's I understand. She's, so na- she's not. Ar- yeah, she's now going around hugging people, um, and you worked through it, but, you know, you're just, you're lucky. You dodged a bullet. You didn't die. You didn't get sick. You could have done, but you didn't. So it's just luck.
11: Yeah, well, they're saying that is very contagious and all this. Sure, like I, I'm in contact with hundreds of people every day. Like you know.
1: Yeah, I was okay, looking.
11: Well, I did. not even get a sniffle, a cough, nothing. Uh, where were
1: you? Were you how do you? How come you were in touch? How come you were in touch with hundreds of people? Like
11: I, I'm a courier driver. I, I call into up to two hundred people a day. Like, yeah, but you, know? you weren't anywhere near
1: them, though. You see.
11: Uh, well. I'm touching their letter boxes and their their doorbells and the same, you know? They're all touching it. I don't know if somebody's out to sneezing on their letterbox before I get there,
1: you know? Yeah, I know I mean like what have you got? Asthma asthma is it?
11: No, I am type type one diabetic. Right.
1: Okay. But you did take precautions, like you were washing your hands and you were using sanitizers and all that kind of stuff. I,
11: yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, but like I, I wasn't I wasn't wearing masks and stuff, you know what I mean? I was washing my hands regularly and trying to keep safety. Ah,
1: uh, yeah, listen, I, I mean, I'm not, here to, I'm not your judge and jury, but if you were going around um, hugging people and not washing your hands and, you know, all sorts of shaking hands with people, like, and you were, you know, diabetic or you had asthma or you had a lung condition, that would have been reckless, you know? I think that, you know, I think that people who maybe had asthma... Or even people who had diabetes and were reasonably fit in other ways, a lot of them did work away with precautions, and you were one of those. Yeah, that's it. Like it, that's all. But it wasn't. Just, but but like, it was, like it wasn't a hoax. Like COVID nineteen. That's oh, that's like, real. I, I I go and it, tell yeah, someone no, who's who, real, go and tell someone who's member of their family died from it that it's a hoax.
11: Yeah, I know what you mean. Like my my uncle himself got COVID, and he's he's in his sixties, and he recovered fine. just like a bad cold, bad flu.
1: Yeah. And the same for 99 point whatever percent of the people who got it. But on the 20th of April, I'll never forget it. I was looking at the stats there earlier on. On the 20th of April, 77 people died and there was 401 new cases reported as being deaths from COVID-19, 77. And if you look at and I I can go back to the very first case, right, which was reported way back on the 3rd of March, one person And then it went up to 4 and 7 and 10 and 27 and 54 and 69 and 126. And then on the 22nd of March, or pardon me, and then on the, when was it, the first death, uh, the second week in March, we started to see deaths. Two, three, 10, 14. Do you want me to keep going? How
11: how many people died last year from the normal flu? Where are them stats this year? I didn't hear of one person dying from The normal flu, this year. I guess everything is
1: COVID. Everything. Okay. All right. You know? All right, my man, mind yourself. Appreciate you taking the call. Thanks so much. 1-850-104-106. You can text 086-8104-106. Meanwhile, it's also important to accentuate the positive. On a day when we are talking about the death of a member of the Garda Shikana in the line of duty, uh, the Garda are out there putting themselves at risk every single day. Um, Incidentally, they get results in many of the cases that they investigate. Uh, There's one actually making the court reports of the Echo this morning. This was a stabbing of a mallow teenager. I recall it at the time we were reported on it. It was outside a garage. Well, we heard in court yesterday that there was such a frenzied and nasty attack. So much so that the attacker broke the Stanley blade during the incident, stopped, readjusted the remainder of the blade, and then continued to slash his victim. This was the evidence given at Cork Circuit Criminal Court by one of the detectives involved in the case Um, and the geezer involved in it got uh, a two and a half year jail sentence backdated to last January with six months suspended. The victim was 17 years old left with a long facial scar. That person I was left with a scar has now grown a beard in an attempt to con- to conceal it. Um, it's interesting because yesterday I spoke with another young man who's in his mid-twenties now. But when he was young, he was set upon and is left with a scar right down the side of his face. Um, so that's a result from the point of view of the guardie, But maybe, you know, the sentencing needs to be looked at. And then, do you recall the case? And I spoke to her on the air at the time, the lady involved in it elderly lady she was going back to her home on sprigs road she'd been visiting her brother her brother was terminally ill at the time if you listen to the program do you recall that conversation with that lady on the air and she was robbed she she happened to get out of a taxi outside her door just at the gate and was walking up the little walkway to her front door on sprigs road having visited her brother who was terminally ill at the time and she was robbed Well, that was before the courts. And a man has had uh, five years added now to his jail time for his role in that robbery. And that pensioner suffered life-changing injuries when she was knocked to the ground. Fellow by the name of Graham Hornibrook, uh, 38-year-old, pleaded guilty to robbery from the 79-year-old woman in October of uh, 2018. She suffered two fractured ribs. She lost her voice. She spent two months in hospital when she was knocked to the ground during the robbery. Um, now, uh, the guard involved said that Hornybrook had gone on a crime spree around Cork on the day in question with another fella. And his accomplice carried out the robbery. Hornybrook drove him to Spriggs Road, uh, grabbed the woman's bag as she was knocked to the ground. Uh, they made off with the handbag containing the woman's glasses, her mobile phone worth 300 euro, 300 euro in cash and her medical card. And rob if you remember the case, neighbours saw the robbery and they tried to jam in the car Hornybrook was driving the car, but he managed to drive up on the green margin and drive away. Um, the guard said that, um, Hornybrook had a, he actually had a serious drug addiction, very volatile individual with 232 previous convictions, including four previous ones for robbery. And yet again, yet again, another case. He was out on bail at the time of the offense. Right. And then there's the other case then where Shauna Donovan, the judge, is just so frustrated by prisons who are letting people out that he just doesn't know what to do anymore. He said yesterday that he saw very little point in jailing a woman convicted of her third set of fraud offences in many years because he heard the prison authorities had released her after she served one month of a previous 18-month sentence. He gave her 18 months, she served a month and the prison let her out. And that was on top of um the fact that she had uh, served five months of a 30-month term that he imposed on her in 2018 for other fraud-related offences and one month for the 18 months. So she did one month for an 18-month stretch and she did five months for a 30-month stretch. And he said, sure, so what's the point? Limit prison isn't taking any notice. First time she's out after five months. Second time she's out after a month sentenced in February, out in March it's a complete and utter joke so he said that he was going to, because he sentenced her twice um, he said that at this stage the appropriate penalty for her was 12 months suspended (laughs) what's the point in sending her to jail he's saying they'll only let her out so that's the story from the courts, and you see the you know, the frustration and the anger even within uh from our judiciary who are doing the sentencing in the first place. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now.
0: Eighteen fifty-one
1: zero four one zero six. Red FM. Okay. Text 086-8104-106. A serving Garda who clearly I can't identify says Neil, they they are typical anti-Garda comments from you. I don't know why you say typical. Uh, you know, like I'm not so sure that that's fair. I'm, like you know anti-guardie. So they say his typical means that I'm always anti gardee Anyway, he says there are typical anti guarda comments from you. To say that the guardie are threatening people into paying up or to put up or shut up, as you say, is ridiculous. The system is dictated by the court service and is designed to give the person a second chance to pay so as to reduce the numbers going to court. Also, the presumption that this man was treated differently because of his looks is a pretty wild and unfair assumption," says the serving guardie. First first of all, you're entitled to your opinion. I understand that. That's fine. I did not say that the guardie are in any way threatening people. That if you don't pay up now, the fine will go up and all that kind of stuff. I didn't say that. It's actually the legislation does that. It's made out so that if it's nothing to do with the guard, right? They you know, they they some, they give you the penalty and then it's out of their hands. But the system dictates that if you don't pay up, right, and you go to court, they say there's almost a threat from the, from the legislation side of it that if you don't pay up and you go to court, we're going to even fine you more. I'm not talking about that. The Guardian have nothing to do with that. I never said that. But anyway, right. You know, I talk about thank you. Incidentally, thank you for your text all the same and thank you for your work. Meanwhile, you know, we talk about businesses that uh, didn't get any COVID payments um, and opened uh, a few weeks. Remember I was saying that, that they were busy. I knew some of them. They opened, brought on staff, did huge refurbs. Uh, and got open and then a couple of weeks later a few weeks later everything got shut down um, it's really really traumatic for those businesses because they got absolutely no support and amongst them actually is Shane Spillane who has O'Connor's seafood restaurant and bar down Bantryway and that's exactly what happened to him he joins me by phone Shane good morning Neil how are you sir? When would you open? Uh, the 6th of March. When would you close? The 16th. <laughs> 10 days you got. Um, 10 days of it, yeah. So that involved, um, you know, taking over the business, paying your deposit, sorting out the rent, doing a new fit out, spending a lot of money. Was that it?
12: Absolutely, yeah. We, we kitted it out for about three weeks beforehand. We put a, put a lot of money into the kitchen and into the, into the front of the house as well. And we had a fantastic first weekend. We did over 350 people. Um, and then from when we got these kind of COVID restrictions for the next we say six days. We did up to probably sixty people in total, you know. So we were really kind of decimated from the word go.
3: So you know? did
1: three hundred on a weekend, and then went down to yeah. sixty on a w- for a week. For the whole week, yeah. For the okay. remainder of the week. Um. So you had to close, no, and at some point, then there was no customers allowed in. It was just turn the lights off.
12: Exactly. Yeah. From we closed the sixteenth of March, we just uh, we just we could we couldn't keep it open the way it was the way it was turning out already, you know.
1: And then of course there are different types of government support there would be the COVID-19 pandemic payment, there would be the furlough for staff and indeed you would be entitled to, to a payment yourself, did you get any of that?
12: Um, so initially we put the, the staff on the COVID-19 uh, unemployment payment but when we wanted to go back and do takeaways we didn't, we didn't actually um, meet the criteria uh, so essentially we were out on our own once we wanted to reopen to do any form of business they had to pay full wage, full staff, to, or to, to all the staff. I should say.
1: So there was no wage subsidy for the takeout aspect.
12: No, not not at all. It's, they just basically said, "Look, you're you're. Out of luck, I'm afraid if you were seven days earlier, you would have been uh, able to apply
1: first. Because companies were allowed to get eighty percent. Is it eighty percent of, the, 80% salary? Yeah,
12: yeah, 80% of but, the salary? Yeah, yeah, eighty percent of the
1: salary. But why were you precluded because you because you opened the business um, the same it's, month it's, as COVID nineteen?
12: Uh, well, it was precluded because the cut-off point was the 20, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the 27th or the 28th of February.
1: Oh my God, it was only days, seven or eight days.
12: Yeah, yeah, that's all, yeah. that's. I tried to kind of say that to them, but they were just having absolutely none of it, you know. I that- spoke to TDs, I spoke to local councillors, and it was just, I shut down. Um, basically that... Uh, Minister Dunne, was having a, a strong stance on the uh, on the cut-off point, and that was that.
1: I mean, in hindsight, it should have been maybe fairer if it was any business that opened since January first, really. Yeah.
12: Well, if you were going to apply that logic, then yeah, but I, I don't, I don't see the reason why it couldn't have been from the 16th when we actually closed the whole the whole country. You know.
1: Seems unfair. Like there would be other. I mean, there would be other businesses that would just lock the door and give them back the keys. What, what, what? Did, like you did go back to takeout, didn't you? I know you were doing stuff. Yeah, like fa- we, like fam- family offers on weekends and things.
12: Yeah. So we, what we did is we. I was getting itchy feet at home, and uh, we decided uh, to open up for Mother's Day. Uh, it was a massive success. So we. We kept it going and uh, we, we just tried to expand our menu ever since, you know. So we're doing loads of offers at the moment to kind of feed your family for 50 deal and the 30 euro pizza deals and all that kind of jazz. Nine euro lunch menus and stuff like that. So we're just trying to, we're just trying to keep up with the times really and such, you know.
1: But when people can't go over, well, they can go overseas, but they're obliged to quarantine when they come back. Doesn't it mean that an awful lot of people are going to holiday at home and they'll head to West Cork?
12: Well, we are hope so But uh, it's a case are, are people going to be Comfortable doing it Straight away? Um, like, we haven't Pulled the trigger yet On what date We're going to open Because we're a bit We're a bit nervous on will it, will it actually Take off straight away? I know people are saying Yeah, we can't wait To get out But realistically Like, that's a small Minority, like, you know
1: no I don't know about that. I know an awful lot of people are booking and they're thinking about heading either west uh, or they' you know I know you, actually I know it because I know you because you were manager of the the moorings and bridge in Port McGee, and I imagine they're going to be very busy
12: yeah well hopefully please God they will be they'll pick up as well but i we're just it's the government guidelines as well that we're just very sceptical on you know um we're we're afraid to put a certain date in place because it's changing so rapidly. You know, like there could be something come out again next week. No, it's twenty
1: ninth of uh, June. One meter between tables.
12: Uh, I understand that, but I mean the what the the time limit and all that jazz. You know, it's just it's kind of higgledy-piggledy at the moment. You know, so
1: are you saying you may not? You might wait later until July or something.
12: Yeah, we're I am I'm probably thinking about either the fourth or the eleventh of July. Just give it a week or maybe two weeks, leave it. People settle back into going back out and then we could we take it from there, you know?
1: Yeah, and and there are people do, who are doing just that in the city. A lot of pubs are saying, No, we do food but we're just gonna park it for now and just let things sat, yeah. settle down I, for us. I,
12: I listened to um Benny, Benny when he was on yeah, and he like he he made absolute sense, you know, he like it's it's just it's just all over the shop really at the moment, you know, there's no Someone did to it. They're just making it up as they go along up in, up in Dublin, you know?
1: Anyway, Bantry's a place to hit, isn't it? It's a beautiful town. And of course, all around it, it's just so picturesque and gorgeous. It's a highly oh, recommended absolutely. place to hit away for a day or two or a weekend. Um, look after yourself. Are you doing any of those special deals for the weekend, uh, that people down west can avail uh, of?
12: We are. Yeah. We're doing, um, as I said, we're feed your family for 50 deals. So it's four main courses, uh, two side dishes and four desserts. Um we also do a, a pizza deal down there as well, which is um two twelve inch pizzas, chicken wings and chips for thirty euros. All right, if you want to give away a few vouchers, you can. A few uh, 50
1: or vouchers, maybe five of them on your show. Okay. For people who are down west, let's do, do, do that just before midday today. Appreciate it, Shane. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, Neil. Shane's plan is O'Connor's Seafood Restaurant and Bantry, and they're doing all sorts of family deals across the weekend. Text 086-8104-106. We'll pick it up after 11. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now.
0: 086-8104-106. Red FM. I'm
1: very busy this morning, and I'll dip back into text and email emails in a few minutes time and we are gathering a lot of giveaways whether it's um, some family vouchers for o'connor's and bantry to give away for their family meals this weekend uh, or we also have those uh, temp- thermometers to give away from the core company so we'll organize all that and some shout outs before midday but no good morning morning okay so we were talking about people who got covid payments in the case of new businesses they got absolutely nothing um because they weren't open long enough and then you have an issue with teachers is it
13: Yes, I was in construction and I clearly I, you know, don't get why construction ever closed down because, like, we could have a, a skeleton crew in size it would have made no difference. We'd have been fine. But I was, we were. Depends on the, the site the though,
1: doesn't it, Noel?
13: Yeah, I mean, so big. If you were five or six fellas skeleton crew at the site, we wouldn't have to even talk. We wouldn't even, we, we didn't even have to meet. You uh, know, a housing, a housing estate there, are 50 houses. Electricity could be in the lower part. I know. In the top part. I know. Do you know, to me, I don't, It was just ridiculous. But, but to, it was to
1: do with the canteens and the toy saw shock and toilet photographs, and then there was problems with the fellas having cigarette breaks on top of each other. You know all that kind of thing. Then but
13: would need to. All right. To ditch for the time. If not to ditch for the time,
1: you'll your tea in the day. All right, kid. I know that some like sites now have thermometers and temperature checks, and they have site wardens, COVID wardens, and all sorts of things, don't they?
13: They do. Yeah. If you all think this like. Actually, anyone that... Any, I, I, I don't see them that's like, any, any much doors no, something, like to be honest with you. OK, you're entitled to we'll your opinion, but...
1: The teachers are living the life of Riley, you say, is it uh, Living
13: the life of Riley. Like, why weren't they from the COVID treatments? Why didn't they get to 350? They're not walking. They're all sitting at home, gardening and having the life, living the life. Like, I know three of them. They're, they're loving life. They go on the computer at night time at half a ten at night time and send out the pile of stuff to the, the parents to do. They're like... Uh, they're a little what's called it they're a little juicy like, like here, look, even enough we do doing during the day even enough we be doing working from home minding the kids get doing the, do, do the house work doing everything try to do, my, do my job now as well like yeah so they think she can do my job while I get my 1100 euro every two weeks or whatever it is
1: I don't follow you who, 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 who's getting 1100 every two weeks
13: Special teachers our school teachers are they on 38 euro no. right like, you know, yeah 38 euro no? to sit at home like go on the computer for two or three all night, send out a load of stuff to pay put the peons on pressure, depression, like, and, and, like, that's that's grand, like, they should have been on the COVID payment the same as the Look what you have saved. Look at
1: the money we have saved. But, but, did, have saved. but uh, I, this is not public versus private sector bashing now when I say this, but was anybody, no, did, anybody the pu- not, did anybody in the, did anybody in did anybody in the public sector get put on a COVID payment?
13: That I don't know. No, yes, I, I don't know, but I, 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 know, I know that I'm working
1: from home. I'm working, working harder now than they ever had to. Yeah, and they are working away because the wheels of industry continue in the public sector, you know? But So yeah. why should a teacher be treated any different to anybody but else? working?
13: Well, what are teachers doing, like? What are they doing during the day? They're sending out, what they do, we'll take a list in the law, look up something on the computer and send it out. That's basically what they're doing. If that's the case, then pay PM by the hour. Well, get him to clock in talking, get him to talking, get him to talk out. What are you doing? Like, is he at home in the day? Why would you be getting talking to him all the day? We're only walking towards three hours the day. So what kind of what kind of you? would have, have you'd have the ASTI and
1: every single
13: teachers. Oh, You'll uh, probably be looking for the holidays when they go back. So and how?
1: They'll, they'll, they'll be looking for the holidays. They still want a three month holidays when they, when they go back. so all teachers, primary, secondary, the lot of them should have been on three fifty week because they were doing nothing anyway.
13: Uh, to me, it was ever catching the clock house, They should be seeing what they were doing, sure their work, sure the work they were doing. So there's no one keeping any right? on so them.
1: But secondary you know, school the, teachers would have, have secondary here. school teachers were setting coursework and setting exams and projects and all sorts of study sessions with pupils. Yeah. I'm told.
13: Yeah, you're told. But uh, I, I live in the real world and I've
1: yet to see it. So you, are, you have it. evidence of, you said, three different teachers who are doing absolutely nothing and pulling full salary, is it?
13: Pulling full salary, going to the computer up like and downloading stuff from the internet and then sending it out to the teachers. And how's Mickey Joe? How's Teddy Joe? How are they getting on? I miss them so much and all this. <laughs> all this old false rubbish, like bullshit. That's <laughs> me. <evening. laughs>
1: you're in rare form today, Noel?
13: No, no, I don't think it's right, like, because the state of the country is in, like, and. Like if I walked off the site at yeah, about three o'clock and I didn't
1: come back to the I'd be docked. I won't get paid for it, you know. Teachers yes, got can... teachers got uh, the royal treatment. So in the last three months, you think you said oh, they were? O- do. Why do you say they were off to Killarney? So sure, none of us could go to Killarney. That's over the county. Yeah, they're
13: going to Killarney, believe you me. They're going to Claremont, places in Limbrick
1: and they're getting out the boat, don't worry. Let's ask them. What were you teachers doing for the last three months that warranted full pay? Let's see what they have to say on the yeah, subject. All know. right. Another bottle. Another Mind bottle. Yourself Noel. Take care well done. Cheers. On behalf of the Parents Association of Sunday's Well Girls National School we'd like to wish all our 6th class girls all the best for the future because they graduate this week I know uh, on the 12th of March we all didn't think it was going to be our last day together but it was So for all those fantastic girls, we've organized a little surprise to be delivered to all of their homes today to make up some of the special events that they missed out on, which we would also like to give a huge acknowledgement to Grona Braher Credit Union for being so generous in sponsoring the gifts for all of the children that they'll receive today. Also, I'm retiring today as chairperson after 10 years, and I'd like to thank the Parents Association Committee members, past and present, for their outstanding work. And that's from the principal... On behalf of the principal and the staff of Sunday's Well, Girls National School. Mind you, I am so, so nosy. Because I know that they're all getting a little surprise delivered to their home today. And you you don't tell me what it is. Oh, no. I wonder what it is. Uh, Kelly says, my daughter's school and teacher have done nothing. Just one email a week and a phone call once a month. So we received two phone calls in total. One call last week. There's been no contact. It's ridiculous. A lot more can and could be done, but the teachers nor the school just couldn't be bothered. They're sitting on their ass doing the bare minimum. Noel is right, I suppose. Getting paid for it and doing nothing. And they expect parents to teach and do their jobs for them. A Skype or a Zoom call every day for a bit would have been a lot, lot better. In criticism of uh, teachers who... uh, on a Royal or some are saying for the past three months and should have been on a COVID-19 payment. Okay, um, back after the break, we'll do a load of text and calls after these. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now,
0: 1850-104-106, Red FM. Uh,
1: you're in rare form today, lads. If it's not, um, pandemic is really a sham-demic. We started earlier on this morning and I got into grief over it. Somebody said that somebody they knew died of cancer and it was put down as COVID-19. It's all a sham, And it's the teachers who've been doing nothing for the last three months and should have been on COVID-19 payments like everybody else. And then the guards given out fines at checkpoints over the last few months for tax and NCT. Uh, Christy, actually, who is an ex-guard, is somewhat upset that we would uh, even be entertaining any kind of a critical telephone call at all this morning regarding the Gardaí, considering the... Uh, yet another killing of a garda on active duty, and he probably has a point in, in that regard. But here we are, nonetheless. Uh, text 0868104106. and then on on um, on pubs and what have you. Uh, you'd barely get a scone and a coffee for nine euro. Never mind the fish and chips for nine euro. You're suggesting that would more than likely be fourteen ninety nine to fifteen ninety nine. I know. I mean, like actually, there's a very there's an excellent one here, um, and I'll get through as many of these as I can. Uh, here's one point on pubs. I used to love my pints after work on a Friday but now it's months since that happened due to the brilliant remote working I've had but I think I will stay away from the pub life for now and stay off the booze and the cigs it's a different but far healthier life I've found with regards to holidays why would anyone want to leave Cork we have it all here I'm loving the show and it's one of the best perks of remote working to be able to tune in Oh my God, thank you so much. That makes it all worthwhile. I was wondering when the pubs and restaurants open next week with the one-meter distancing. If we go for a meal and the time is 90 minutes or 105 minutes, um, shall it be 105 minutes when your food is on the table or 105 minutes when you enter the restaurant door? Many times in some places the food doesn't... come. <laughs> The food doesn't come out of the kitchen for 20 minutes. I'd like to know the story. When does the clock start? The clock starts when you sit at the table. There's nobody with a stopwatch on you. Like if it's 105 or 100 or 70 or 110, they're not going to be giving you grief, you know. I suppose it's about doing the right thing yourself as an individual. But you are right, though. If you're on the clock and you're waiting half an hour, but at least you'll have had a little drink you'll be outdoors well you won't be outdoors but you'll be out of the house 9 euro is a half portion of a main course it's like a sandwich or a panini and chips soup and a salad or soup and a half sandwich I can't see how the pubs will make money well they will because they'll have full menus of which something on it has to be 9 euro listen to your show about the publicans and business people I guarantee the side effect of this uh, business side will fail owners will go broke the sheriffs will move in there'll be civil unrest the government should be compensating these people for their huge losses I'm prepared to take a bet that a warm works," says Ray. Uh, and then I know a couple of pubs on the south side that are planning to order fresh pizza from a local takeaway in lieu of having a kitchen or an HSE cert, says Chris. I'd love to talk to those pubs actually. And fair play to them if they do it. You know, if they I, I would have thought that you could maybe order in from a reputable takeout, you know, and have all sorts of proper sanitation when it comes to having the food delivered, but Whether it'll happen, I'd love if people are doing that. Maybe you're ordering in uh, and then passing it on with some kind of a tabletop menu of choice for your for your customers. I mean, why not? Apparently, the guidelines suggest that you have to have a kitchen and a chill unit. So I don't know how you get around that. Uh, Just about the pubs and eating out in places. It will be all trial and error at the start, but it will settle down after a while. You will see more positives, less negatives and less moaning as time goes on. We'll get over it as we're all in it. You got us through the horrible lockdown. It's been a horrible time. Well, I didn't, but I helped, I suppose, in my own little way. I'm just listening to you about the booking a table for food. Will children be allowed? Of course, they'd have to stay at the table with their parents. But would you be turned away if you brought your child with you? No. I mean, like, no. They're they're as entitled as anybody else to go into a, a restaurant and isn't the rule in a pub before 9pm? Uh, Guinness steak and kidney pie sounds unreal. Add the alcohol into the food like brandy or a wine base and so on. Oh, I want some of that. Um, when the bars start doing food, the local takeaways will start feeling the pinch. Well, it's inevitable. That's all about uh, competition, I suppose. Forget about having to pay 9 euro for food. There'll be fellas willing to pay 9 euro alone just to get in the pub door. And there's many, many more like that, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the next 40 minutes or so. But Nora is standing by. First up, Julie. Julie, good morning.
6: Good morning, Neil. How are you? Are you a teacher? I am indeed, and I'm calling you from my classroom.
1: Oh, well done. So you're in work. So um, Noel says that you guys, I don't have the text up in front of me, but he says that you guys should have been on a COVID-19 payment That the vast majority of teachers were doing nothing. Nada. Well, as I'd say to one of my
6: students, that I was sounding funny as well. Uh, Evidence.
1: No, say that again. Oh, I, that's a bad phone line. Say, what, what, what did you oh, just say? Oh,
6: sorry. My classroom doesn't have great signal. It's hanging, hanging out the window. Um, What's the evidence of that, that he said that the vast majority did nothing, as is how many thousand teachers in the country? Because in my personal experience, the teachers have been working very hard. Of course, everybody has found this very difficult. And I'm not saying that we worked harder or anything than other people, let alone people on the front lines but teachers have been working very hard to try and make the best of a situation where we received no guidelines whatsoever from the department. But, wait, but,
1: you, but you didn't have class and you didn't have students and you didn't have to go in and teach. So what... No, I'm, I'm not giving you grief now. I'm going to ask a question. What did you do? Teaching. How? remotely
6: Because of Zoom calls, because of sending home packs, because of having meetings online with the internet. Just because we were at home in, in our own homes didn't mean that we weren't doing any work that would be the same as saying anyone who was working was actually working you don't have to at the in the classroom with you we did the best that we could in the
7: situation
1: So you taught Monday to Friday 9 to 2 or like, like how, you did individual classes or did all, I'm just curious did all of the students log on was it Zoom, was it Skype, what was it?
6: Well I'm currently in a situation where I teach across the so, I'd like no. to give a general overview of the age if that's possible. As I feel yeah, d-
1: more. Try there because it's a shocking phone line. So, go ahead.
6: Oh, sorry. Do you know what? I might go out the front of the building. Yeah, and go, for old, help. go
1: for an old stroll there and I'll just come back to you. <laughs> I'll come back to you in two seconds. So, just hold on there for a sec Shout when you're back. Nora, good morning.
6: Hi, Neil. How are you? Okay, you
1: pick up on Noel saying uh, they're off to Killarney yeah, and well, up to Clare walking on beaches. Um, yeah,
6: like Julie said there. Um, like, how many kids does we have? What are, are, you are you a teacher? Am I a teacher? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, I have four um, children. Well, I suppose they're nearly adults now at this stage. Um, I have a nine year old going to primary school. She's actually in a special unit in primary school. I had a girl's junior, sir. Um, I have a boy who will be going into sixth year, please God, in September. And I have a boy that was up in the NLN, he special needs as well. Right. Um, and he is going out of college. Okay. I'm going well in September.
9: And
1: the teachers? And so you have four.
6: Fantastic. I mean, look, at the beginning, Neil, it it was a bit rocky for everybody, because like that, it's uncharted. There was no guidelines, nobody knew what to do. Um, They kind of found their feet, and once they did, they set up like that now. Uh, my daughter had a um, classroom app set up. It was called Seesaw. And the teacher was in constant, constant contact with him. And they could message him back. Um, and then there was little tasks, like they'd make a garden and they'd send on pictures or pictures of their pets, just little
1: things. Uh, yeah, and I know, there kids sending pictures to, to teachers does not qualify as teachers working, though.
6: No, but as in there was like, all, like a mix of what her normal school day would be. Um, you know, we were in constant contact with them. And
1: Teachers D- Noah said, would say teachers coming up with the project yeah. at ten o'clock at night and emailing it doesn't warrant a full week's wages. He he's saying this
6: was you know now, this was kind of like there would be new activities pop up all day, like um, you know, it wasn't just late at night because you can see the time on the on the um the app that they've posted just like they can see when we answer back you know Um, but I have two in secondary school and they both had constant zoom calls so it was my house was like a classroom they had zoom calls through the day they had um, projects they had to do um, and at the end of the year their school did exams a week of exams for both of them from home remotely. Okay. So they had a proper school year and like I said my older boy goes to the NLN so his tutors were constantly in touch with him. Raised, well in the, it okay. seems
1: as if the teachers involving in your family were yeah. working away not they were
6: very good. Um, and I mean the, the thing is like Kelly's
1: daughter school and teachers did nothing. They got an no, email a week and, and I mean, a phone call once a month.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I mean like the thing is like teachers are people like everybody else I worked from home through all of this and I still am working from home. My husband worked from home for weeks of it. And it's very difficult to work from home when you have a baby house and younger children. So Yeah, but those people working
1: a lot of them working from home mm. could be on a furlough payment where eighty percent of their salary is paid by the state. Others could mm. be on a three fifty payment. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Teachers know, are on. To be honest. But I mean, look,
6: I spoke. Pay. I don't know how many hours they work Neil, to be honest. I can't say, obviously, because I don't know. But um, I mean, I do feel like we got the support. I mean, my little girl was for communion. Um, and as soon as the school knew that they were cancelled or whatever, we got a, a message. Um, we got a message the other day with regards to the July provision being held in the school. Like, we really have been kept up to speed. Like, I can't say. But we
1: OK, but even already there's a text there saying, did you refer mm. to special needs assistance? Somebody says, ask her to explain no. why SNAs are getting full pay. Um, I believe that somebody know, says, sure, I believe I'm they were not. meant to sign up for yeah. other work in the public sector. That never happened. Why are they being paid? They're not doing anything. My dear. Well, I'm not
6: an SNA and I'm not a teacher. I'm just a parent. So um, I know the SNAs would have been involved in my daughter's classroom class because they would have sent activities and stuff um, to my little girl as well. Okay. So, okay. you know, I mean, I, I, I do know an S and I do know they were working um, but like that, like Neil, when you have kids in the house so you have a busy house and not saying all teachers do, it's very hard to sit down at your table at nine in the morning and stay there too two when you've Three or two kids running around—it's quite difficult. So, like, I do think in my case, I can't speak for anyone else. Um, I think our teachers—I do feel our teachers did the best that they could okay.
1: in the situation
6: that they were given. Thank you for you that.
1: Know? Thank you, Nora. Let's see if Julie's lines any any better. For about, th- 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 I got about sixty seconds, Julie. So, you want? Are you there?
6: Yes, I'm actually out
1: by the school wall. <laughs> well, that's mu- that's much better. But you did want to give me an example, was it? Shine a light.
6: I suppose one of the examples is with zoom calls for example in my base school what the routine was that there was weekly phone in calls with the whole class where the teacher would host There were split classes as we we're a small school so that every week at least once a week there would be a, a zoom call hosted so children could see each other that it could be a whole class discussion there was also individual calls made by teachers and i'm talking about the whole school made individual phone calls to children and of course it did depend on the level of need that the children would have, Neil. Because, for example, we do have children with special educational needs that would have needed far more interaction than children that would not need as much.
1: And you did, daily, you did this on a daily basis in primary school, is it?
6: Yes, there were, in my schools, there was these calls and these meetings and these arrangements made okay. on a daily basis. Okay,
1: and why are you in now? Why are you in school today?
6: I'm just trying to get my room in some way set up because I want to open want schools to open up at the start of the year, even though we've received no guidelines from the department besides hypothetical scenarios. You must
1: be desperate to get back if they don't open till September and you're in on the 19th of June.
6: I I'm paper, i am. Honestly, it was extremely difficult and I mean I hated the way the, it went the last while because God, I'm going to sound like an ad now or something, but I absolutely adore my job. Fair play. and do you, do
1: you get it? upset when people criticise, saying, "Oh, teachers did nothing for three months, and now they're going to be going on un- they're going to be going on paid holidays for another three months."
6: I do actually think it's a very unfair generalization, and it does quite upset me when people say that to me, and especially when people say, oh, all you do is this, this, this. I would never turn around to you, Neil, and say, oh, all you do is sit in a room and talk into the phone, or say to a, I don't know, like someone, one of my friends who works in the kitchen... All you do is go into the kitchen and say, Oh, you need to mind your health and safety, and swan out the door again. Yeah. I've been to a dentist. Does that mean I know how to fill a tube?
1: <laughs> you know? Okay, fair play to you. I consider myself almost put in my box there by the teacher. Thank you so much, Julie. <laughs> the moon tour now is coming out. Sorry. Oh, the moon tour. I love it. Thank you. Mind yourself. Take care. Thank you. Thomas, good morning.
7: This is Thomas's wife. I am, I'm, wanted, speaking I'm speaking on behalf of him. Go
1: ahead, I then. What's, what's your name? Margaret. Margaret, okay.
2: Yeah. The, t- the teachers and the man are, you couldn't get better. They even call to people, to the houses, to the children. They're outstanding. And the situation is there. But what can you say? I wouldn't let the man be run down because the man is very, very good and the teachers are excellent.
1: Is this and primary or secondary we're talking about?
2: Secondary. My, they're secondary, aren't they are secondary and not one is yeah, one is uh, younger than the other.
1: Fair play, fair yeah. play. and,
2: and they're two brothers. And they, I tell you what, they gave them great attention, and they're very, very nice brothers. Very, very nice.
1: Over very the great. last three months as well, yeah, they got uh,
2: exactly. Yeah, they exactly. Got, the
1: teachers were working with them then.
10: Yeah.
2: Oh, they were.
1: Yeah. All right, girl. All right. Fair all play.
10: right. Thanks.
12: Well man.
1: said. Thank you to you and to your husband. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868-104-106. You know, people took up all sorts of different habits and stuff like that over the over the last three months. Some people learned to bake and they're making banana bread, and I've said that way too often. And they were doing all sorts of culinary delights, and people were gardening, and they were uh, painting fences, and they were doing a little bit of DIY. And I was trying to hang up a guitar hanger, and I made a Hames of it. I got her up eventually, but. Have to kind of cover a big hole on the wall uh, with a with a scarf, take the scarf down. You see this huge big chasm. Well, not huge, but it, it is a chasm. Don't. G- I heard the DIY didn't go very well hanging the guitars, Neil. But don't give up. Try and try again. Don't give up on DIY. If you're going into walls, you need wall plugs and the right size ones. I had all of that. Matching the screws to the wall plugs, plugs takes a bit of experience. The screw and the wall plug came with the guitar gadget. Not all wall plugs are the suitable for the size of screws that they're sold with, and the hole has to be the right size. If you're going into hollow walls, you need butterfly or expanding anchors. Yeah, it was a butterfly wall plug. Um, don't let any DIY disappointment stop you, though. Keep trying. You'll save a fortune. Doing without very expensive professionals is a very satisfying thing in building your own personal self-reliance. <laughs> Thank you. In all my years doing DIY, I've learned to service my car, saving a ton of money and time and rip off artists who claim to do a service. And all they do is fill up the screen washer container. I've tiled my porch, which does not need painting anymore. I've painted the house in and out. I've done some masonry work. I mix cement. I tar the roof. I carry out electrical work, replacing new sockets and lights dangerous i've learned to use power tools i never used before the motto here is if at first you don't succeed try and try again if you want to be good or just adequate at diy the harder you try the better you will be some jobs even though they may appear a small job can require many tools and a lot more time and concentration than you think to get them right and if think you've a big job to do consider how it could be made small i think it's a bit like how do you eat an elephant like you know One bite at a time. So go back and figure out what went wrong. What went wrong with your DIY job? Read any legible instructions which may be available. How to drill a hole in the wall? (laughs) I think it's fairly straightforward. I found instructions less than helpful at times. Um, Above all, do not rush any DIY job. Method and procedure give speed, not haste. And if you're tired, (laughs) wait for a day... You're not tired, especially if you're using power tools. It's a good idea to stand back from the job and reconsider what you're doing wrong or how to do it. Is there a better and more efficient way? Do take it personally if you fail to complete a DIY task successfully. Someday, after a bit of practice, it will all be like child's play. Oh, Morris, thank you like that. I feel like having another run at it now.
7: Neil Prendival
12: Show on
4: Cork's Red FM.
12: Our phone lines remain open after midday,
7: 1850-104-106.
1: Okay, big shout-out to everybody at uh, St. Columbus School who are having their graduation tonight in Douglas, and amongst them Colin O'Donovan Murphy. And uh, him and all of the gang have a great one. Now, with regards to the pubs and the 29th, it's, uh, like this is an effort to get people out to eat, not an effort to get people out drinking, right? That's the difference. Talking about old laws, it used to be illegal for a legitimate business to refuse legal tender. Has this law changed now where businesses are refusing cash? Yeah, it could be challenged, I'd say. With regards to the nine-euro pub situation, do people not realize that this is only to promote eating and not drinking so the pubs can operate their food business? This is not giving people the green light to spend the night drinking in these places. Drinking in pubs will get back to normal, um, but not until... The last phase, says Tina, saying, "Be patient. That will happen too. Uh, I know it's not the same, but we're in a rest. We were in a restaurant in Alabama a couple of years ago, and their gimmick was a timer on the table. You got your booth, and a clock stopwatch was set. I know it's not the same." But this business in Alabama had a reputation for it. Do you ever feel that maybe you weren't welcome? They've got a stopwatch on you at the table. Would you pay 40 euro to go into a bar three or or four times for a drink? I know I wouldn't. Well... Fooling his money, I suppose. Listening to someone talk about music and pubs and how there'll be no music or events until next year. There is light at the end of the tunnel, thankfully. I have my own events company here in Cork and we are after taking a major hit in business between company parties, weddings, launch nights, etc., etc. I've confirmed two weddings at the end of July and another for the August bank holiday weekend. Uh, These are events and they are going ahead. Yes, indeed, and they can go ahead, albeit with smaller numbers. And no music, no bands, no jock. There's no law or policy stating that there's no music allowed in pubs, as it was only a proposal about three months ago, but nothing was signed off. Full bands won't be back playing music, but one-man bands and DJs will be doing more chill-out cocktail sets in pubs, says Aaron. Well, I hope that's the case. wonder if the doll bar is open. Uh, no, I don't think it is. It's a sham. It won't work. I'll have my few cans of beer at home with no stress and no time limit. End of, says Patrick. And then, just wondering what pubs are available to book and how. I've checked a few online and I can't find any. Do you have a list of pub restaurants that are open? Could Maybe maybe we could cobble that together for you next week. Benny McCabe is 100% right. There'll be hassle in every pub, every 105 minutes. How do you ask people to leave within 15 minutes of a big soccer match? Open pubs. Fully or not at all. Um, maybe the pub restaurants will open, but they won't have TV sets on. I don't know. Your man in Goldberg speaks a lot of sense, but who, why not Clancy's trying to do something different? Why do we have to be black and white, pub versus restaurant, drinking versus easy eating? What's wrong with having Spanish style places, Irish style tapas, if you want to call it, where you can just have casual pints with casual food? You don't have to go to the pub to fill your boots with beer and get locked. We need to change our pub culture. And we need, and uh, and the need apparently to drink loads of beer. Not everybody wants that, and maybe that'll change actually as, th- as 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 we go forward. Maybe we will come out of all of this with a different frame of mind. Anyway, I can come back to all of that, and it'll be Monday morning before I can pick up on it because I'm going to be under pressure for what's left of the program this morning. And in the post, about two weeks ago, I got a beautiful little book from a girl called Amy Ring. The book is called Up the Coal Kay. It's a beautiful hardback book with superb colour and black and white photographs of all sorts of wonderful, nostalgic memories of the Colquet. And she said to me by letter, Hope you're keeping well. My name is Amy. I'm currently in transition year. As part of an English assignment, I was asked to choose a subject that interested me and to write a short book on it. I chose the Colquet because of my strong family connection to it. She says, I know you love the Colquet. I hope you get as much enjoyment out of reading the book as I did about writing it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give her a call and get her on the air for a quick chat on the book because it's a wonderful undertaking. Amy, good morning.
10: Morning, Neil. How are you?
1: I'm well, thanks. Did everybody in your class have to write a book?
10: Everyone in the class, yeah. it was just an um, assignment back in September last year.
1: But did everybody in the class write as brilliant a book as you? I mean, this is a hardback I'd book. I'd say they
10: did. Yeah, I'd say they did, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you
1: had to get it. You wrote it. You got it typefaced. You got it bound Print. Who did all of that?
10: Well Neil, I did a lot of research now at the very beginning and uh, from September onwards I was collecting photographs from everyone and anyone in my family and it just kind of came about that there was a website online and it just helped you to build the book and I got it printed and it was a success so I just got a few more then for close families. And people were very interested in it. And I just c- kind of took off from there, really.
1: It's a fabulous book. There are superb photographs Thank in it. Thank you very much. Neat. One in particular, i come back to your family connection. In yeah. one, moment. one in particular is a photograph that I never saw before. Uh, what bloody pages is it on? It's the photograph inside Katy Barry's She Bean. Do you oh, know, yeah. Did yeah. you see that one where there's two characters sitting down on a long bench and a third person? serving. Yeah, yeah. she's serving. Where'd you get that?
10: That was a photograph that I found. I got photographs now from everywhere and anywhere, Neil and uh, Leah Mohegan as well was brilliant with photographs. And um, that one popped up there one day, and she she's serving away, anyways. And it's a brilliant one. What's your man
1: got there? The character? is it, is it baked, baked potatoes? I think on a smaller. It
10: could p- be. Yeah, it could be a crew bean. I'm not really sure now, Neil. But she um, the
1: interior very
10: popular. The yeah,
1: in- sh- the interior is awfully shabby, isn't it?
10: It is really. I mean, they were eating with their hands and everything. Times were different then, though. Times were different. It
1: is the most fantastic photograph I've seen from the area in years. There's beautiful photographs of the Queen herself and then some gorgeous photos. What's your family connection then?
10: Well, my great-granny, Lizzie Long, was from corporation buildings and she had 12 children and they all grew up in corporation buildings and the Toomeys are my cousins, then Neil. And it just my granny has always told me stories of the cold K, and I've always been very interested. And the connection is still there now because the Batumi shop is still there. And, I've you know, the family is very, like we were always um, very interested in the cold K. And the corporation buildings is where they all came from. And they and all had great friends there and great neighbours and everything.
1: It's a beautiful cul-de-sac, isn't it? It's gorgeous.
10: It is really. It's full of history, full of history. Like.
1: And did your granny work on the cold K?
10: Well, she didn't own a stall now, but her sister Rita was very, very heavily involved and she would help with Rita and and the stall and Rita would sell Christmas trees and the holly at Christmas and during the year she'd sell clothes and Sure, she had a great little business
1: there. And the book also talks about the Toomeys, as you say. That shop is still there. Talks about the punches, um yeah. Annie Punch. There's a photograph of her with Lizzie Long. Beautiful old black and white. And then there's some of the characters that you, I mean, you obviously have some great photographs of Andy Gaw. You don't you don't remember him, but I do as a small boy, he used to give out pennies to kids. He was a fabulous little yeah, guy. Yeah. You got some lovely photographs of him around the roundy house there on uh, the junction to Drawbridge Street. Um he was a character, wasn't he? Who are the other who are the other characters in the book?
10: We have um a funny uh, this one caught my attention now, Neil, when I heard it first day. It's Ducky in the Wardrobe was the nickname.
1: Ducky in the wardrobe, du- is it?
10: Ducky in the wardrobe, Neil, yeah. And she was a woman <coughs> up by the Queen's Old Castle end of the Colcay, and she would hide people in her house in the wardrobe from the police now maybe, or from if they didn't want to be found, she would hide. <laughs> them.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> Did she did she do it for a few bob-like or just to help them out?
10: I, I don't know really, Neil, to be honest now, but it was, she. I don't know her real name either. She was just christened that after people found out she was hiding people.
1: And your granny then would have known Molly Bond, would she?
10: Oh, very well, yeah, yeah. She was great pals with Molly Bond.
1: She worked in a waste paper factory and a habit, had a habit of taking out her teeth at get-togethers, was it?
10: Oh yeah, she was the, the life and soul of, of all the trips and all the parties and she was always singing and dancing on the cold day. Okay? and her false teeth would come out and she she was a very, very funny, true character now.
1: Holy and Joe it, was another one?
10: Holy Joe, yeah. He was from Blarney Street now originally but he was always in with Cathy Barry and that nickname was given to the, uh, from the people on the cold gay. Okay? Um,
1: was he holy-like? Is that what it was?
10: I don't know what it was for really me. No, I don't know his his real name, but um, th- these were all people that would visit Cathy Barry and they'd get the names from being in and around the Corky.
1: Oh, for God's sake. And then the rancher, he sold blocks, didn't he, for the fire, I think?
10: Yeah, and he was—he um, had a very loud voice now and you'd hear him all over the corke and he was known for his little box boxcar that he'd bring around with him.
1: What did the family make of the book when they saw all the beautiful photographs and memories? They must have been very nostalgic.
10: Well, I did it really for my granny and my granddad because I knew, I knew they had loads of memories, and really the book was written for for them and to them. And the family just we got a great kick out of it. And awesome. are your granny and
1: granddad still alive?
10: They are. They're both still alive.
1: And yeah. did you present yeah. them with copies of the book?
10: They have their own copy of the book. Neil. Yeah,
1: yeah. What did they make of it? What did they say?
10: Ah, uh, they thought it was brilliant. Now, they knew I was making it and really they, the help I got off them was unbelievable, Neil. If it wasn't for them, I, the book would never have been written, really.
1: It's a beautiful beautiful. Do you mind me asking how old you are, Amy?
10: I'm nearly 17 now, Neil.
1: And what do you intend doing when you finish school? Do you intend going to college? Do you want to get into journalism? Would you like to be a writer? Or what's the story?
10: Um, well, it, wasn't a, it was not never something I considered. I do want to go to college. It was always kind of architecture was what I was really interested in, but you never know.
1: You like the old architecture of the Cork City and the changing face of it? Exactly, yeah. I love the
10: old ar- architecture in Cork and even in London now, architecture really, really interests me. But w- w-
1: Would you have loved to have met Cattie Barry or Holy Joe or Andy Gaw and people like that?
10: I'd give anything now, Neil, to go back and just have a chat <laughs> with them and just walk around the old Cork. Okay?
1: <laughs> I think you're fantastic. And I have Theresa and Murphy Walsh. Is that your gra- another granny?
10: Teresa is my granny and Mossy is my granddad.
1: Okay, and I think Teresa's on three. Teresa, good morning.
10: Hi, Neil, how are you?
1: Ah, it's lovely talking to you as well. You grew up on the coal, okay? I right?
2: Oh I did, Neil. I did. I did. There were twelve of us in our family. Get away. There was eight girls and four boys.
1: Where were you reared exactly?
2: Well, I was born in Port in Portney's Lane on the coat It's just a past the Bodega. I know it. That's yeah. where I was born. Go away. But um and um, that house that there were only a flats Neil, really, we were up at the top. And um that was my mother's own house when she was young with her family.
1: So for generations mother mother. the same house or the same flat for generations, is
2: it? generations it's gone back years and years and, and years. And was there twelve kids in the family? There was twelve of us there, Neil Four. Uh, four boys and eight girls
1: and how and in the name seven. of God did you manage did yep. they all get reared on a family stall
2: well I tell you no. it was a mystery how we were even conceived <laughs> 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 because <laughs> they wouldn't be sleeping together at all but there were still babies coming they were coming in, they were coming in boxes boxes of chocolates and heads of cabbage <laughs> the football and, team in them <laughs> yeah and you'd be very innocent Longo O'Neill and we had a great mother and father our mother was brilliant, very funny, and she was great pals with Molly barn And I mean, the the, the the stories, and I could go back and of course the kids were here with me, and I'm telling them all that. And I mean, the last few weeks we've kind of been in, we haven't been out, and um, it was fantastic. Did you, you know? Our,
1: did you know many of the characters yourself, Teresa? The oh likes God, of Molly Barn Andy Gaw, oh, Holy Joe.
2: Maddie lived across the road from us. And I mean, she was up in the top now, too. And she mean, be, there was 32 steps. And they'd be washing the steps and they'd be singing and they'd come down and they'd be all chatting. And I mean, they minded the you and you would sit out in the streets and it was, it was a totally different world. And did you know Katy Barry then? Oh God, it did. Oh, Cassie was very passionate. I knew her mother. I
6: remember her
1: mother. Were you in her the she shebeen was... then, or would you have been allowed? I
2: would. She would be in the rounder, sitting around there. And she, she used to sell sweets too. And. Bars and that, you know.
1: And then at night, what was it, pigs' feet, potatoes? Pigs'
2: feet, then. And she'd get in a few beers, then, and have them in, and she'd get the stout and the jugs, you know.
1: And would anyone from all walks of life would be in there oh. after hours, was it? Oh, definitely. Well, she'd come to Cassie. They were all lawyers
2: and solicitors right. and judges. And yeah. and she was up in court one time and... Um,
1: Recognised the judge? No app-
2: having to drink after hours and he said something about last night she, she wanted you inside with me last night <laughs> and that's supposed
3: to be a true story now, <laughs> that's supposed you know? to be
1: a true story <laughs> yeah. uh, hang on there because I also have Rocky Stone who for many years now has wanted the Colcade to get a bit more respect than it's actually got Rocky good morning have you seen this book no not yet now looking forward to it I've got to get you a copy of it because it's fantastic. some fantastic photographs um, well, well
7: done to Amy dear. I know the work she put into would have put into that now fair play to work.
1: Yeah, it's a super Thank super book. Much, yeah. yeah. Did you know many of the characters, Rocky? I
7: I, I would have known I would have known Andy Garr and, and uh O'Do and them. O'Dono had a thing, you say, when when I was a kid, you know, if um, a bunch of dads you steal his cap and you get a chase off him, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
7: But yeah. if he if he found out you were walking anywhere in town, I used to I used to go in there uh, for a while after school to Bertie Bagley the old English market. <laughs> and uh, Joe came in one day and he said, Mr. Wagner, you see that fella there? He's a black blackhead. He robbed my cap. Get rid of him. He's a docky blackhead, that fella. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, was, there was a lovely story about Andrew Egan, Andy Gaw. Andrew Egan was his name. Right? Andrew Egan, he's another man from Portneys Lane. So, he,
1: Andy Gore is a neighbour of yours, Teresa, then?
7: Yeah, but like you saw, I was around Neil, but
8: you
2: see, when you be young, you know, you'll be only taking in some things, you know. I but
1: know.
2: I, uh, I remember him like, he'd always give you a halfpenny or a penny, which a penny was a lot that time, because you could go buy a lot of sweets with a penny. And then there was the waste Paper Company. That was down with, um, you know, where the girls' club is now? The
0: girls' club.
2: Oh, yes, it's yes, yes, yes. For patients and all that. Well, I had, that was a waste Paper factory, and I had two sisters working there. And Molly walked there. And, of course, they'd bring in all the paper then and they'd put stones in it to make it heavy <laughs> so they get more for the paper. <laughs> but they probably, knew, they probably knew what they were doing because that's the way they helped and fed their children and made dinners. And, like, for... Bob and Neil, you get an awful lot
1: of stuff, like. I know, I know. I suppose, you know, really, when I I use the word, like, it was almost like a microcosm, its own little world. The Cold K, wasn't it? Oh, fantastic, Neil! Yeah.
2: Fantastic, great people there. I mean, there was fantastic people in the Cold K, and the Marsh. I mean, they were all connected. It was brilliant, brilliant. We had great memories. The sad times, now, too. so yeah. Great memories. Did you wear? There. Did
1: you wear the shawl then, Teresa?
2: Well. Oh, I wasn't really no shawl, no. But I, I wore it once or twice because my eldest sister worked in the waste paper company and um, my mother used to mind her children then and I often brought
7: her daughter in a shawl.
1: Very <laughs> you know, practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did your mother, did, Rocky, did your mother have a, a shawl or was it your grandmother?
7: My grandmother did. My grandmother, I'm actually at the moment, I'm actually walking on the songboat motor shawl, <laughs> yeah. give, do you want to hear the first verse of it? Go on,
1: why not? Here's
7: the weekend. You'll know, you know the hear of this, don't but will know it too. All right? right? <laughs> um, I was born in the old middle parish of Cork in a tenement house at the very, very top. There were seven little children, two be fed, and we all slept together in a big feather bed. I mean, Annie was a shardy, shardy, shardy. My mean, Annie was a shardy. One, two, three. She had a little shardy, shardy, shardy in the sweet cold cave by the river. I love a Rocky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> That's all I've done at the moment. <laughs> what I was saying about Andy Garde. Um, <laughs> there's a lovely story about Andy that he was, was in Patsy one day and the priest came along in a pony and trap. and the priest apparently was going over the shop and he saw Andy and he said Andy would you ever stay there for 10 minutes he said and mind the horse for me because he kind of tends to, to ramble off I will, said Andy says so the priest and I wanted, know Andy, if I come back and I find that I have to move from that spot I'd clean your feet to the ground for the course <laughs> and Andy called along and he said well sure, if you can do that why do you want to clean the horse's feet to the ground <laughs> But <laughs> well, you must say what what I wanted to talk to you about Ed, was as you know, mm. over ten years ago now I got the idea that there should be a proper monument. Statue monument, whatever, a fitting monument put up not only just to the to the Charlie, but to the street street the street traders, in the coal And I wrote a motion which off then and uh, I think it was Henry Clemen. Put to the corporation, I'm just looking at a newspaper article, in October 2010, that a monument would be put up to honour the street traders and the people who who wore the the cock shawl to acknowledge their contribution to the history, culture and heritage of cock for many generations. And that was supported by the vast majority of councillors in the city hall. But
1: nothing was done, no?
7: Nothing was done. Not really. I had I had business people at the time approach me who were interested in financing it.
1: Well, let's float well, that idea again. Let's get stuck into that next week. I'm out of well, time you, for if now, you Rocky. Think
7: of it, if you think really, you go up to Dublin, you might have a look at the money Malone statue. Yes, imagine yeah. coming back from England with your And say, "Come on up to the court, show you the here co- and the shoddy
1: stuff." Let's see. Let's see if we can revisit. I'll pick up on this on on Monday. But I'm, I'm actually yeah. out I'm going to run out of time now. So, Rocky, hold on there, Patrice well, You'd please. like you'd like to see something like that, wouldn't you?
2: Oh, I would no, Neil. I would. It would be brilliant. to be brilliant, really. Because it's it a change. It's like.
1: a changed environment now, very much, isn't it?
2: Ah, it is totally different, no, Neil. It is totally different. Because
1: like yeah. at the time of the cold cave that you remember. There was no supermarkets. There was no shopping malls. There was nothing. Just corner Not shops in the all. cold cave.
2: No, you know there was nothing like that. I mean, the bread. The bread man would come with the bread and all right from Hardman, and Herdins and Shandon Street, Mister Huzzy. And I mean, he'd be dancing around the kitchen with my mother when she'd come at one o'clock in the day. <laughs> and the, the milkman lived around the corner and he'd come with the milk. and But, like, we were never hungry, Neil. We had great, great times.
1: Well, no? Amy's book really has captured a moment.
2: And, like, there time. was no one homeless, Neil, because there were all tenement houses and... They take people in, and it wear... Yeah, yeah. But it was cold, in. and it was yeah. damp,
1: and people died uh, younger, and they were sick. Yeah. It was uh, awful. And sick.
2: everybody shared everything. I you know,
1: know, I know, I know. But come here, Amy. Yeah. Are you, Amy, are you going to roll out more copies of the book? People are wondering: can they buy it? Will you be doing a signing? What's the story?
10: Um, well, Neil, it really only started as a school project, so I don't know how I'd ever get it to to pr- to print more. Really, Neil. Um, it's I think possibility. I, I could look into it in the future, definitely. Okay,
1: well listen, I'm going to park it there for now and maybe get an opportunity to pick up on this on Monday when people have more memories. I'm sorry I cut you short. I wish I had you on the air earlier, guys, but it's lovely to catch up with you. Have a lovely weekend, alright? you
6: very much, Ian. Appreciate it. And lovely. if we can help
1: Amy Ring in any way of rolling out more copies of the book, I'm sure that some maybe maybe some book publication company would be interested in picking up on it. it's called Up the Cold Cave by Amy Ring and she did it for uh, as a transition re- year student I can pick up on this on Monday my sincerest apologies have run out of time that's Amy Ring her grandmother Teresa Ann Murphy Walsh who lived and was reared in Portney's Lane and Corporation Lane and areas like that and the one and only Rocky Stone, your thoughts, your texts are welcome on this cause as well on Monday on 1850-104-106. It's nice to go out in a bit of nostalgia. I had other things to do today, but I'm gonna leave it there for now. Um, can I just come back after the break? Because we have a couple of prizes to clear after these.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FL. Okay. 104 to
1: 106 Red FM. Okay, lines are open, 1850, 104, 106. We have these Wilton Technology Infrared Thermometers to give away. Uh, when I was talking to the lads on the air. They're only 85 euro if you want to buy them yourself. You can get them from Wilton Tech. Ian was on the air. We've got some of them. He was talking about for hairdressers. I'm fine with that if you want to call. We also have um, some, I don't see it on the screen there, but there's some family vouchers for O'Connor's Seafood in Bantry. Now, you would need to be way down west for that. So, if you're down west, give us a bell. one 850 104 Bursting with pride, uh, listening and excitement hearing my grandniece on the air. She said she's so, this is Amy's aunt, uh, grand aunt, Helen, so proud of Amy and uh, so happy with all the books that she's given them um, another saying that uh, Neil mentioned "Any Punch just now in that girl's book about the coke? Any Punch was my dad's grandmother says Olivia thanks for that we'll come back to some memories of the coke on Monday we could have some fun with it why not it's good to accentuate the positive positive. and I'll also do lots of shout outs and hopefully take a new batch of, uh, of giveaways and prizes and vouchers for you on Monday but for all other business which we'll pick up on Monday I'm out of time for now text 0868104106 email at uh, RedFM.ie, have a good weekend see you Monday
2: Thanks for listening to this red FM podcast don't
0: forget to subscribe and check out RedExtra.ie for more great red FM content.